When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, in person for the first time this year, Nick Campton. Hello. Hey everyone, I'm just going wild with pre-season challenge delight. My hair is crazy, my beard's tangled it out of control because mm. given up on... Everything else except the sweet, sweet nectar of the preseason challenge. Yeah. Do you think that the Raiders will raise a banner for being the leaders at the I, I think halfway point to. of the preseason challenge? I'm also challenge? devastated that because of the fact that we don't have another trial game, we can't win the preseason challenge now. Wow, your silverware trophy, your silverware droughts continue. I was going to say, what if they just double? Well, we literally won silverware last night, but you know. Ch- charitable silverware. Yeah. Hey, someone's got. You know where it. they get that shield? They pick it up at Vinnie's every year. Every year, yeah. Every single year, yeah. Just, it's it's really lucky that every year there just happens to be one lying around there. A have different you ever been one to every like time. one of those big ones and that have heaps and heaps of sports trophies? I've only been to. Oh, no, mate. I'm telling you. Oh, fuck yeah. Can we go buy some? Just give them to random listeners for doing a great job. One hundred percent. All right, let's do that. But um, yeah, there, we will have a preview with uh, the Bulldogs and the Dragons coming shortly. But before that, Simi Randra trying the chip and chase. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Semi Rundrundra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Rundrundra. I mean, it's not really news, it's footy games, but yeah, people want to hear just, the news. Just, 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 a, news just a quick bounce around for some of the trials that have happened yes. so far. Um, like I said, we, like Bungard said, we've got the dogs on later. So let's for that first trial, that Storm Bulldogs one, we kind of have to start with... Ryan Pappenhausen. I was out there at Belmont you were. on Thursday. On TV, what did it look like to you? It looked like he was close to being like... I mean, he'll never be as fast as he was again. But he looked. it looked as probably as good as it could have looked for a first preseason game from a Storm point of view for Pappenhausen. He was moving, moving really well, getting involved really well. And any of the sort of reservations we had about him not being able to ever get back to what he was beforehand, it's one trial, so he can't. You yeah, like, but yeah. you know, as far as one trial goes, or forty minutes of a trial, which how many minutes did he play? Forty, but um, yeah, it looked really good, it looked really, really solid. Um, yeah, I thought so as well. You could probably, if you guys listen to the Storm preview that we did with M. Spriaster last week, you could probably tell that our expectations for him were pretty reserved, just because of the injuries that he has suffered over the last couple of years. And for the first thirty-nine and a half minutes of that trial, I was like, "Yep, this is kind of what I expected." He looks okay. He's good in structure. He can still pass and chime into the attack and all that. But seeing something like that try, mm. you know, and I know it's not exactly Usain Bolt that he's outpacing to the ball. Like love, love Drew Hutchinson, but he's not exactly Mister Mister Speed Machine. But just sort of seeing Pappenhausen have a little bit of that burst and Melbourne being confident enough to draw up a play that relies on it, I thought that was a really really good sign. I had a chat to Pappenhausen 
after the game. There's a, the story is um, is up on the ABC website if you want to go have a read of it. Um, but before that interview kicked off, I was having a yarn with uh, Jake Duke of Fox mm-hmm. League, and he made a really good point that I think is 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 really key for how Pappenhausen is going to go this year. And he sort of made the point that when Pappenhausen was at his best, he was having 25, 30 carries a game, a bit like James Tedesco sort of did in his pomp. And he said that probably contributed in some way to him getting as knocked around as he did, mm. you know? So for this season, at least if he's able to pick his spots a little bit better, don't go into the game expecting that you're going to have 30 carries. Maybe you only have... 12 or 15 but if they're all quality and he does the support play yeah a little bit more a little bit little bit more work off the ball a little bit little bit less work as sort of a doing a, a doing more with player. less yeah yeah, yeah I, I think I, so. I, th- I think that's a, a a realistic and uh smart way for the storm to use Pappenhausen this season so and i gotta tell you man i think we all wanted to see paps do well and seeing him score that try and okay. sort of get that bounce back it, it was cool man it was yeah. exciting and the second half rolls around, and the the bulldogs, the young dogs, they're flying all over the field. They're going left and right. They, some of those young fellas looked red hot, like Sua, O'Neill. They looked awesome in those family last... club, baby. They're back. Yeah, that, that, a genuine conundrum now. They've got so many halves options. Is Matt Burton guaranteed to start the season? Could we see Hutchinson and Sexton together? We're just asking questions. We are just asking questions. Oh, the Bulldogs fans are going to hate that. But yeah, they looked really good in the last half hour of this game. Um, yeah, those young guys looked really hungry. They were flying around the field. Um, good signs. Uh, Bronson Cherry looked pretty good when he's returned to, to rugby big, league. doesn't he? Mm. <laughs> not touching that. No, no, like genuine, <laughs> no, genuinely. Like, I'm not being a smart-ass. Yeah, like, no, he looked, he was he just looked a, very fit. In 2019, he was just 18 through that whole season. He was yeah, still yeah. just a kid. Now he's like, you know, he's, he's grown up a little bit. I'm not, mm. talk, I'm not even talking about his muscles. I'm not just talking about his frame, yep. you know? So, yeah, but anyway, not, not uh, a nice second half showing from the dogs. They looked, they looked pretty good, but... Uh, yeah, throwing it ahead to, to Friday night. Uh, the All-Stars game, Indigenous getting it done. Latrell Mitchell, captain. Leader, 100% success rate as captain. Makes so you think. Does. Has he captained Souths before? I don't think so. You should really know that before you start banding around the term 100%. Yeah. I mean, we, we've never been big on checking facts. Yes, we have. No, I don't think so. I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> no, um, I've, this was a really tough performance mm. from, from the Indigenous side. I thought I... The, the kind of game that it turned into, it was like a real slog in the middle of the field. Handling was difficult in the conditions. I would have thought that would really favour the Māori because they sort of had the bigger team and especially the bigger forward pack. But the Indigenous side showed great resolve with their defence. I thought it was a real credit to their coach, Ron Griffiths, who's um, coached the NRLW Knights side to the last two premierships. He's a reserve grade coach up at the Knights this year. But a team only defends like that if there's a lot of spirit and a lot of trust. And even in a team like that, which sort of has a jump start on those sorts of things because everyone's connecting with their culture and their community and all that. You still need a coach to sort of pull that together. So I was, I was very, very impressed in that regard. We won't spend too much time on this because we've got mm. a lot to get to. Yeah. But for the Maori All-Stars, I was super impressed with Xavier Willison. Really, really liked him in the middle of the field. There's a, a hole at Brisbane that Tom Flegler's left mm. and there's a three or four guys who are all sort of jostling to, to try and fill it. And there's been, you know, talk about you know, Fletcher Baker, maybe Marty... Tapa'u gets in there. But after this one, man, I've, I've really, really got high expectations for Wilson. He's an interesting guy. He's a guy that, you know, there's been some questions about attitude and stuff. But, yeah, a guy they've got high raps on. And that could be his spot yeah. for the taking. He had a couple of nice games for him off the bench. He won at Belmore last year. Last year that yeah, was pretty good. yes, he did. And he's sort of at that point where it might be time for him to take the next step. But, I, yeah, I really liked really liked what he was doing. Mm. Um, few trials on Saturday. Um 
I didn't see much of the first two as I was out at, at Cogra. Um, but the big story, I think, is the Dom Young neck injury and the Toff Sipley three-week suspension. Yeah, I think I think uh, I don't know if Dom Young's out of hospital, but he had a social post last night saying he was okay. So that's a really good sign. It's always scary when a bloke gets on the stretcher with the yeah. neck brace and all that sort of thing. But that this sort is of why, stuff, like people uh, often fans are like, oh, why are crusher tackles so heavily policed when the, the bloke just gets that rub in his neck? This is why, because mm. when they go really wrong, you can end up with right. dudes in hospital. That's right. Uh, yeah, not good at all. But uh, Manly's hopes of going back to back in the preseason challenge. Oh, in tatters. <laughs> in tatters. Oh. And it's, it's heartbreaking after their emphatic. That's the problem is they scored all their points last week before they were preseason challenge eligible in that trial against South. They should know better than that. They mate. should know as, as preseason that. challenge powerhouses. Mm. They should um, be able to. They should. They should know. They should know better than that. Anything from Knights Sharks? Um, I actually didn't see a whole lot of this one. Mm. I, I saw a little bit of the first. Harry half, was going was off about of William it. Price. Watching the highlights, Will Price kind of is the. Is the one I can't remember if we mentioned him that much. In I think the we Knights we talked preview. about him and Kai Pierce Paul a little bit. Yeah, at the end. I, I, yeah, I don't know where Will Price fits into that team. Just with like I don't know if he's played much centre. Like I don't know if he can come off the bench for him or whatever. But you know he he's been one of the most highly touted players in England for the last couple of years. And if he keeps doing stuff like that in trials or reduce or whatever, it's going to be very, very hard to deny him a spot mm. somewhere in that team. Uh, then an emphatic win for the Raiders. They, they fell into an early hole before uh, I tried to stand semesters, sort of got them on the front foot and <laughs> carried them forward. Yeah, look, oh, this was, it was very much an understrength Parramatta team. Mm. So I was a Parramatta fan. I wouldn't be panicking too much. Um, but I, I liked. I thought the Raiders looked really fit. I thought they looked really hungry too. Like they were really throwing themselves around. Maybe there's a player in James Schiller, by the way. That was sick. Man, like I know I talk about it all the time on the show and you guys are probably sick of hearing it but the only reason I keep saying it is true is if a guy gets back-to-back pre-seasons in it can totally transform what he's like as a player like with due respect to James Schiller when he made his first grade debut two years ago he would have been flat out catching that kick let alone then going the length of the field to score but mm. he had he had a great game I thought he was really yeah. strong in defense too throwing himself throwing his shoulders around and that I thought the the week the um UFC fight pass yearly yeah. and Ethan Strange. I thought they both kind of had their moments. Um, I think they're both definitely. New list is going to be so confused. We're talking about KO weeks. Kai, we, Kai, yeah, Kyo weeks. The, 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 the bit and is streaming service and then unit of time. Yeah, yeah, but I, I thought they both had their moments. Um, I had a yarn to Kyo weeks after the game. I'll be a uh, story coming on that in a couple of days. He's a confident fella. Um, says his running game is his best asset, and he was upset. With himself that he didn't really get to show it. I'm all in on Strange. I think he's yeah, definitely a first grader good. in some form. Love how straight he plays, how he's always on his toes. So, like, I don't think that battle's decided yet. But regardless of who gets the start, I'd be pretty excited. And I was quite impressed with Chevy Stewart as well. Yes. Um, I was maybe Not Ricky Stewart's son, who also played. His Stewart, last name is, yeah. He looks like Corey Hawesborough on the wing. He does a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, like, well, I said to Dave, I'm like, who's this Corey Hawesborough like on the wing? He goes, that's Ricky Stewart's son. I was like, oh. I think, well, I think he's been big. taller than Ricky for like five <laughs> years, which is tough. Yeah. Um, but Chevy Stewart, he's still a little bit uh, small, which is fine. He's just a kid. He's still just 18. But he's super, super quick, strong support player. Great sort of sense of like putting blokes into holes and all that. And I had to talk to him too. He's also a, a really... A, got a real confidence about him so exciting stuff for the Raiders young fellas yeah big day for the baby Raiders Adam Cook gets a try and then Jarrett Sublu gets a try assist in oh, the, in the you, next you game you know I was hooting and hollering up in the press box when Sublu did that pass was and everyone pass. was like who was that who was that and I knew straight away and they were all like Campo you're a weirdo and I was like no, no. I just love the baby Raiders but the baby Raiders at Cogra Scene of the that's, crime. That's mate. That's their home ground. Absolutely, it's the only place they should ever play. But yeah, look, I know it's I know it's a trial, and it's important not to overreact to things, and it's it's one game and all that stuff. But 
Sean Kepi's the best prop in the world. <laughs> the Norell and Jed himself. He was fantastic. He was good. He's tough, man. He's they, tough. Like, he's, a, he's a real... Like, really good front-on nice, defender. Was, just yeah, runs straight. It was a nice offload he threw in the lead-up yeah, to, to the... To the which one? To the Donnie Burns one try. One of the debut Don Burns tries. Um... But Kepi's a Kepi's a he's a real he's a real leg breaker. Mm. You know what I mean? He's a real tough. I was dude. really impressed with him. Well, you know, in a in a really strong system under a good coach, maybe he has levels that and, we and I, have not yet seen. And I kind of think Souths have missed that. Like they've always had a like just a guy that just like a meat and potatoes guy that just gets through his tackles, runs it straight. Bit of a no frills dude. You need a guy like that. Well, I, and they've kind of haven't had it for a couple of years. I, I, so. th- I, I think. Tatola has been a really good version of that mm. for them, and I think in an ideal world, Arrow would be in the middle. Arrow's got a bit more flash to his game, but he's still sort of got that toughness to him as well. But uh, yeah, maybe Kepi can be and, a bit um, of an interesting. Keon on the left got some him. rave reviews as well. Um, putting more tickets on him for Clive Churchill Medal in, in addition to my existing tickets. Delicious, of um, Saints. Uh, our friend of the show, Nathan Brooks, who you're about to hear from, who luckily for him. The preview was recorded before. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we did that. He called me after the game and said that is one of the lowest games I've ever experienced as a Dragons fan. Just a trial. Like, just a trial. Just yeah, a trial. But, just a trial, but... Like, that's a full-strength Dragons team against a South team missing Latrell, Cody, AJ, Cook, Jack Whiten, and, yeah. not great. rough, man. Especially in that second half. It felt like Souths were rolling down the field for about 60, 70 metres a set every time they felt like it. Not, just very, not, chari- not very charitable. It wasn't. It wasn't at all. Um, but good night, though. Good crowd for good crowd for the for the Shield and, and for the first... I did love that at some Seahawks fan was sort of... Not me. Was giving it to the Dragons fans as he was walking up. And I heard a Dragons fan yell out, Oh, well done on winning your grand final. And I was like, mate... Got come, him. Come on. No, I, I, think, I think he won that exchange. Do you actually? Yes, I you do. You think it's South's grand final? Yes. You think the team that rested half their team treated it as a grand final? Yes, I do. And the team that played their full strength well, team Well, he said didn't. it's the only silverware they've won in years. That's so. true. I did say that. I've, I've, I've played myself there. But uh, yeah, the, the Dragons did not look impressive at all. And I, I, I'm really worried about this hard situation, man. Like Kyle Flanagan did not impress me. And there is no pressure whatsoever on him for that jersey. I'm kind of worried about everything, man. Didn't look good. When you'll, but you'll hear, more, you'll hear a lot more about that later on. Before we get there, we've got a preview. <laughs> I did, uh, Brooksy did message me as well. He said when, um, when David Moali scored, he said, is David Miley the first player to run through two different sets of brothers at the same time to score oh, a try? The tough. Couchmans and the Molos. I was like, that's you know tough. what? Probably. Probably. They got, they got two sets of twins and a mm. father-son. Yeah. Two, two sets of twins, a set of brothers and, and, a, fa- and, and yeah. a father-son team Crazy. on that team. The family club. Yeah, but from one family club to the other. <laughs> and joining us, right? What a perfect segue. We, we, we were we there. We it. knew that. We, we were like, let's yeah. go. We the had gov- that in yeah. sync. Ready perfect to sync. The government's going to send us off to fight the kaiju after that Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Uh, Neil Desmond from Channel 9, huge Bulldogs fan. Welcome. Thanks, boys. Well done. Very well played <laughs> on that one. Mate, what's doing? sitting through. <laughs> uh, you, you were gesturing uh, aggressively when the Latrell captain chat was happening. So he has captain before? I think he's captain before. I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah, he's run him out before. I've seen it. Okay. Why, why are you afraid of Four the, Souths. Why are you afraid of the truth, we Bertrand? Prob- we probably won that game. We win when he plays, usually. He just doesn't play that I actually often. think they did win that game. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what it was, yeah. but he did. I remember leading him out. Yeah, yeah but I remember these things. I oh. don't doubt that you do, mate. Yep. Um... What's going on, boys? You guys all right? Oh, mate, nothing. Just just hanging out, talking footy. What could be better? Look, I wasn't ready for the footy season, but now it's here I am. I think, like, I was a bit the same, but I think once you go to that first game yeah. and all the your 
blow that whistle ref and all that shit. Send that ball and the, flying. Yeah, and the, the blood starts pumping. I'm, I'm, I'm back now. Although I'm I will ready. say, my, my first beer of the footy season was at the league's club out of a plastic cup. That's not a... Oh, that, that was at the league's club? Yeah. What, I thought what, it, what, I, I what has happened what to ha- the that's game? That's not rugby league. Why did we even fight in a war? I don't know. We used to be a real country. We used to build things. But I now thought... we're, we're not building glasses anymore, apparently. <laughs> <I'm> didn't <drinking laughs> realise Res Reagan joined the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell! Yeah, it was outrageous. I was like, not a good tone setter. But, oh, no, not at all. I but thought, full strength cans at the, okay, at the that's ground. Better. We're that's back. Better. Bring it back. Yeah, there, bring you it back. there you so go. There you go. They always treat you well in the end, Bunga. Mm, indeed. It? But yeah, mates. Uh, so if people don't know, Neil is it does some of the amazing work that you will see on your TV screen every week throughout the rugby league season for Channel Nine. Doesn't doesn't usually get the credit. He's always the, the shadowy league figure behind the scenes, but. This is we're now getting into the pointy end of things, mate. You you've got to go do a shoot after this. You're you're all over you're all over Sydney and, and the greater Australian area in the next few weeks. You're all over the place. How 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 busy are you in the next few weeks? It's been a good little summer on the back of the tennis. So we did a bit down there oh, yeah, and down straight there. Yeah, into yeah. the league. So as we do at this time of year, we like we do the ring at Randwick, we I get to see all the players up up close and personal <laughs> and you know get get the hands on them and you can kind of tell your get boys your, get your hands on them well that's where i get to pick i like to pick my premiership favorites in that moment i said how they look how they feel their attitudes uh and then but we're in vegas soon bunga you and yeah, i very excited not no. together obviously no i might call you okay thanks it depends if roaming's on i don't know i'm not sure oh, wow you know it's um, like overseas man it ain't easy but no, yeah, it's a busy time, Matt. But uh, man, it's good. It's good. We're ready to go now. You just you bite down, bite down, white knuckle until October. But we're That's fired it. up. That's it. Mm. So you see all the guys at the shoots and all that sort of thing. When you saw Canterbury, when you saw the boys there, what was your impression? What do you sort of make of this? Very much new look squad that's had a lot of turnover over the off season. Very new look. Like obviously the articles come out, the twenty twenty one side's gone, and I remember that side vividly, as I do every doggy <laughs> side of my life. Not quite oh four, but. Look, they look new, they look fresh, but they look energised. I think that's the biggest thing I saw. And Stephen Crichton leads that. Um, Critter was there and he literally, it's like he strolled straight down the M4 from Penrith into Belmore and he's got the big JBL speaker. He's the exact same, you know, flamboyant, charismatic, really loud and energetic player that he was at Penrith, but he's doing it in the blue and white. And that's what I saw. And I think, you know, Jerome Luai and all these guys got all the rats, but the big energy guy at Penrith for all those years was Critter, you know, and he brought it all and he represented all of that, you know, that, that arrogance, whatever that was that Penrith was about, but obviously it was all on the field that they'd perform. And now he's doing it here. And that's what I saw. And I think he sh- could be the figure that leads them uh, to a bit of success if they get behind him and, and their structures work and all of that kind of falls their way. I think they, they could see some good things on the back of him. Where do you want him to play? I want him to play center. Now, I only say that because he is one of the best centers in the world right now. I just don't think at the moment you can take him out of that because of what he did in that grand final and what he's done at rep level. Mm. Um, I think you can throw him in that back line where he'll be our stronger center. You know, so let's not try and, you know, move into fullback experiment. If he's the best center we've got, play him at center. And then we've got a whole bunch of players that can work around him and get him ball and we can hopefully move the ball forward. If you play centre, you can have each of your eight utilities play 10 minutes of fullback. Well, that, that's where we're heading into. I know we're going into the U-chat. We, didn't want to, you know, we want to get straight into that. But obviously, we've got all these guys that can play a lot of positions. But I think the best thing is, Campo and Matt, sorry, I'll, talk, I'll bring you into it as well. <laughs> it's a three, there's three of us chatting here today. Is that they all bring something different though, Bungard, which I love. 
It's so Canterbury had a full squad media op in December, right? And it's the first chance that you sort of got to talk to a lot of the guys um, in the in the preseason. And I talked to a few of the utilities, just trying to get a sense of why the hell the Bulldogs had signed so many utilities. And the basic idea is they're trying to change the way they train every day, right? So the and the if you have to play a bunch of different positions all the time, like Kurt Mann does, or like Jalen uh, J- uh, Salmon does, or even like Drew Hutch does, you know, plays hooker halves in centre. You have to be in really, really good nick to do that. So the idea was is if you bring in guys who have those sorts of habits with their training, everyone then trains better. And it explained to me like that, and I was like. Yeah, I kind of get it. Mm. But then also you've got a lot of blokes who have never really been able to lock down a position. And all of a sudden you're relying on all of them to lock down positions. So I didn't like that as much. Bertrand, you hate the Bulldogs and everything about them. That is true. We've been optimistic here. Give us the cynical view. Give us the haters standpoint. Well, I mean, I just don't really understand why people are getting so excited about this. Like, yes, Stephen Crichton is a fantastic player, but there's not really a whole lot to love in the forward pack. I don't think that like they've really figured out this fullback situation at all. I think there's still huge question marks over the halves. I still maintain that Matt Burton's best position is centre. And I, and I will die on that hill, but he'll be playing 5-8th and, and Stephen Crichton, who they spent a million dollars on or however much it was with the promise of playing fullback, probably won't be playing fullback. And instead, you're going to rotate between a cast of characters who, as you just said, all struggle to hold down first grade positions. I don't really think it's a recipe for success. And again, my main problem with the Bulldogs has been their forward pack. And not only did they not really bring anyone in to strengthen up that middle, they lost Luke Thompson as well, who when he was on the field, I thought was probably their best middle over the last couple of years. So yeah, there's been some nice flashy signs. And I honestly thought they played really well in that trial game on Thursday night. But the things that were weaknesses for the Bulldogs last year, I think are still weaknesses now. And they didn't do enough to fix those. Yeah, look, I think that's a fair point. Um, I think the thing with getting Crichton was, I don't think it was necessarily about playing fullback. I think it was getting a fullback's money mm. and he's got that now so i don't see him cracking the shits or whatever he does playing the sense i wouldn't mind seeing him at fullback i think he can make that transition but i take your point neil that like you know he's your if he's your best player play him his best position um i think burton is a really good center but i think unless you're a club like penrith or Brisbane or Souths who have great infrastructure and really capable halves around him. You can't afford to do that. He can do too many things to just be stuck out in the centres all the time. My fear um, as a big Burton fan is that he kind of ends up in a similar situation to Jack Whiten, right? So Jack Whiten, mm. Clive Churchill medal winner, Dallium, did a lot, did a lot of stuff in his career. But you guys have heard me say it a thousand times. I hated how... He would just sort of stand out there on the left side of the field, wouldn't play both sides, just wouldn't get as involved as you would want a player of that calibre to get involved. And that's what I fear with Burton. I fear that in trying to simplify the game for him, in trying to make him just a runner down that left side, they're not using the full extent of his talents. Well, you've seen over the years that they've tried to develop him on the run. So they put the seven on his back. So you could that. take control of the game. I didn't like it either. It's my favourite thing in six. the world, though. It's my honestly one of my favourite rugby league tropes is switching the six and the seven to give him more control. <laughs> I think they'll genuinely do it because of what you were saying, Campo. Don't mm. be a runner on the left. Take control of this game. So if he can find a half partner where they can either link up mm. or at least play left and right side of the ruck, 
and both have control of the game. Yeah, that's where we'll see the well, best. What do you want them to do oh, with yeah. that? With that, like they've got Drew Hutch now. I, Sexton had some okay games for them when he when he arrived mid season last year. Some of those young blokes looked pretty handy the other night. What do you want them to do? I actually like Drew Hutchison. I mm. think what what Hutch can bring is he's just got some layers to his to his games and strings to his bow, right? So he's got a good running game, pretty good kicking game, and if he can help control that game and get the guys in good ball. See, right now we finally got a bit of a back line where we can get early ball to these guys. Mm. You know, it used to be how can Birdo give the ball to Adokar? And that's what we try to unlock and we didn't have to go forward, which we may still struggle with. But at least now you've got a few guys where we can get the mail the ball and at least he can march them around the park. Sexton's proven that he can do it at first grade. You know, he, he can start there and he can have a, a, a formidable game. But I think Hutch can bring a bit more. And I like Blake Tuff. I mean, you're bagging the same. We've got no fullbacks, mate. South's favourite son, Blake Tuff. Grand finalist, Blake Tuff. How did he play he in was, that grand final at fullback? He, he definitely played in that grand final. He, that's, he, that's for true. He wore number one. Did, did they how, many, how many grand finals has Latrell Mitchell played at fullback? That's true. There you go. I vividly well, You know the answer him. to that one, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I vividly... Re- I, Less than his captain's house. <laughs> yeah, great. I, I vividly remember them, like... Bombing poor Blake Torf to high hell in that game, and well, it, was, it was it was his seventh in a row. No, I'm not. I love Blake. Torf, no, no, we're just, like, we're just, we're just I, mucking around. And yeah. I, I think he's a dynamic ball runner when he's got the ball. I, I, it's still crazy to me that he's never really got a proper chance in the halves. Maybe he'll get that at the Bulldogs some point this year because I do think that's his best position, just but purely because I just don't think he's tall. He has said that he's played fullback his whole life, though. Fullback has been his position. Yeah, but like this you, is the position he but wants mate, to play. Things change. Like when you're just when like, we see this all the time in sports, though. Like when you're when you're just better than everyone else, it, the rest of that shit doesn't really matter. Like when you're playing juniors, you're just better. You can do everything. But yeah, when you get true. to the top, top grade, I mean, he, he wasn't, you know, they weren't Nathan Cleary's out there bombing him when he was playing fullback as a 16-year-old, for example. And I think that's the problem. But if he believes that he can play fullback, I believe in him. I just, the, I've seen it though. I've seen it for like half a season at South though. And I feel like that he's got a lot of, I think he's absolutely a first grade footballer. He's got a lot of talent. He's really good with the ball in hand. That try he, he scored against the Bulldogs last year. Remember that crazy 36-30 game? Where he, that night. he was yeah, fantastic. He, he looked good. But yeah, I just think it, it, it's kind of like how, exactly how I thought about Jai Gray in the Shield last night. It's like you are awesome at everything else, but like if you were six inches taller, you would be unbelievable. But we can't Bart Simpson him. I was just going to say, he looks was like a we short found man. our new fallout boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'd be saying if you were half an inch taller. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. But yeah, he is a fantastic player, and I have no doubt that he'll be great for the Bulldogs. Yeah. What, what I'd, what, just back to what you were saying, Neil, what I'd like to see with the hearts is, regardless if it's Hutch or Sexton, have, have whoever it is and Burton following each other around, linking up all the time. Like, Burton can do some organising, but for me, the most important thing for him is getting the ball at yeah. second receiver. And so Sexton or Hutch digs into the line and then just gives Burton a lot of space and a lot of options. We're a bunch of old schoolers here. I love first and second receiver. Yeah. I want your genuine seven playing first and Burton running off the back of that. Mm. Hitting his outside, his centre three quarters. <sighs> oh, bring that back. The, <laughs> the scrum half to the standoff to the centre three quarter. I would love that. I would love my wingers just looping around, changing. And it... Maybe an inside centre and an outside centre, not left and right. That's why I was laughing when they talk about centre partnerships. It was like, they, they're so <laughs> far away from each other. I know. <laughs> I'll have it die hard, though. I man. would love yeah. the, an inside-outside centre. Right. But on that, if Crichton's playing, it all depends on how we can unlock this. And like I mm. said, off the top, the structures and what Ciro wants to do with this side. Because Crichton's got that ability, he could roam the field. Mm. He could pop up anywhere, which could help the likes of Taft almost set 
crew I don't, are up. I don't mind that. Yeah, to be no, I, I do like the sound of that. I do like you the know. sound of that. What I don't like the sound of is the forward pack. Yes, Bert touched on it before. It was it was troubling last year. Um, Tavita Pangai Jr. didn't kick on the way his many boosters, including me at the time, would have hoped. Mm. They haven't. They've added so many players this year, but there's not a lot of. They haven't added a lot of added a lot of beef. They haven't added a lot of muscle. So talk to me about the forwards because I think that's the big question mark that everybody has over this side. That does worry me. Mm. Back rollers were feeling okay. You got mm. kicks if he's healthy. Plays a lot on the left side. Jacob Preston could just go on and on with it now. I think in his career he could even push for a blue jersey. You know, what big call, Bertrand? A, a mustard and blue of City Origin. Of course. Of course. Well, there's... I would, Jacob I, Preston I heard, played for City. I would fucking love that. I heard that last year... I City last year. Last year, there was a talk of, hey, maybe he comes into camp, but someone said, not yet. Wow. You heard it first. Yeah. So, but who knows? He's, he's only young. He's only like 21, going on 22. He's so, had a great season. But he'll be did great. He win, he'll be did he win your player of the year last year? He did, and he he was my NRL rookie of the year, but rolled because of a suspension with a... I don't want to go into it. It was a little... Politi- it's all politics. It's all yeah. politics. He was my rookie of the year. But yeah, he was a player's player. So I think he'll be great on an edge. Josh Curran, I think, is a great buy. Yep, Again, like we're him. talking back rowers here. Jamin Salmon has that ability. He ran out, trotted out at lock um, at the trial on Thursday night. And actually makes a bit of sense playing mm. him at the back of the scrum there because he's a genuine half growing up, has matured into a bigger body. So he could play that little Lincoln forward. Uh, but it's our big guys where we may struggle. We've got Max King... You know what he's going to get. He's going to pull the socks up. And he's just going to go and, and trot it up the field. You got Liam Knight, who on his day, if he's you know not injured, he can actually you know get some yardage for you. He was really bad on Thursday. Yeah, he, well, yeah not one of his great he, nights. He's, he's Liam Burgess, right, and not good, consistent Tom Burgess, like no. crazy George Burgess, who it's drops true. the ball a lot and all mm. that sort of stuff. Max Max King is an interesting one. Before last season, I had him pegged as the most underrated player. In the competition, he very he very quietly turned into an extremely productive yeah. front row forward. I think he averaged in twenty twenty two. I think he averaged only one hundred and fifty meters a game. It's quite good, it's really really yeah. impressive. Then I thought last year was there was a fair bit of regression. I was actually really disappointed in the way he played. I found out only a couple of weeks ago from friend of the show, NRL physio, that he had King had some like plantar fasciitis mm. shit no joke. in his feet. Don't know what it is. Sounds painful. It is. It's, it's meant to keep you out for... Like, a lot of runners get this. Yeah. And yeah. you just can't do anything. Well, he yeah. he only missed a week. He kept That's playing so impressive. with it. He carried it through the whole season. So, that made me reassess my criticism of Max yeah. King last mm. year. I was like, wow, well, knowing that, it's, it's impressive that he was just on the field. So, maybe if he can get back to his 2022 levels... That'll go a long, long way to giving the Bulldogs at least a bit of respectability in that pack. Definitely. But, you know, there's no question around that. Like, we're short. We're short up front. Yep. You know, that Samuel Hughes had a great game on Thursday. He was quite productive. He's, he came, he had a bit of a run last year. Looked all right. Big body. Big lump of a thing. He could go okay. Could you um, tell the difference between Harrison Edwards and Sam Hughes? Definitely not. I was having a chat with Gundy, him yesterday. Gundy ahead. And I, I didn't know. Yeah. And I thought, they're both pretty good with the hands. They're both big kids. Moving forward, they look exactly the we same. Need to get back to them. We need to get back to two identical guys in the same <laughs> forward. Like yeah. My halcyon days of Luke Lewis and Nathan Smith next to each other in that Penrith team. What a dream. Oh, what a dream. Bring it back. A couple of super coach legends back in the day. Nathan Smith was oh, one. Absolutely. I remember him. Luke Lewis, just a legend. Generally. Of, of everything. Yeah. Have you seen the size category. of Luke Lewis at the moment? He is looking fucking fit, dude. Like, Good for I, him. Good for I you, saw, Luke. It was like a New South Wales Cup thing last year. 
and he looks like he's still playing, but he's just bulked yeah, up. Yeah, bigger than when he's, when he's 16. Massive, we though. have to do this properly as a standalone episode this year, but when me, me and Camper were kind of loosely spitballing our top 15 of the NRL era, he was right on the bubble. He was right there, Luke Lewis. It was right One, on the... 100% approval rating. Mm. If someone said, yeah, I don't rate Luke Lewis. Or I like, hate well, Luke Lewis. I'd be like, get well, out of I'd here. I'd be like, well, I fucking hate you. I don't care to know you. Yeah, get Goodbye. out Probably here. a victim of, of the sides he was in. Losing yeah. New South Wales sides. Only really got success at Cronulla at the back One, end. One, two comps, though. Might did win two, two comps. Two comps, 13 years 13 years, apart. you love that. Great stuff. You love, love that. that. Love yeah. that. And I, my favourite is actually the blonde-haired winger in the 03 grand final. Mm. Luke I remember the Lukes. Luke the Lukes. Yes. Just doing it. They hated each other that year, you know? Did they? Yeah, they had like this crazy rivalry going on. Oh, wow. When Luke Rooney scores the first try of the like game. A, like co-drivers in an F1 team. A little bit, yeah. yeah. But when Luke Rooney scores the first... Because there was a yarn about this in Rugby League Week thousands of years ago that I've just always remembered. When Luke Rooney scores the first try of the game and everyone runs over to mob him, he points at Luke Lewis and says, Fuck you. You can you can you can go back we and see watch that up. And then, as soon as and we then, finish recording, and then recording, they, and then doing, they hug each other. It's great. I love that. So and then like because they were both going for the same spot the year before, mm. right? So there was a real rivalry there. And then after that, they became really close mates. I'm glad. But they like were it mates. was a real yeah I, yeah I did too. So but they it was like a, together yeah actually? yeah. But they were real. They were really. So we're talking. It was shake and bake into Magic Man El Diablo yeah. type stuff. That's exactly what we're talking about now. Which one's the Magic Man? Which one's El Diablo? I think Luke Lewis has to be the magic man and Luke Rooney has to be El Diablo. Okay, I like that. I agree with that. But um, we're, we're pulling this up before we leave. Yeah, that's it. I'm telling you, man. Yep. Back to the Bulldogs, though. Yeah, see, on, on the doggies. On <laughs> the Luke doggies. Lewis in, if, if, if you told me Luke Lewis was on the coaching staff this year... I'd I, feel a lot better about it. I would it, feel right? a lot better. <laughs> well, I mean, um, Farmer Steely's come over. You know, yeah. so he's had a bit of success at the Roosters in the past. He's jumped around a little bit. Hopefully, finds a bit of a home. I liked, I I liked him on Thursday. Guys, he was throwing himself around. It's about getting minutes. It's about getting, just getting these guys on the field, mm. doing a job, and marching that forward. Because I think finally you can look at the dogs' backline and say, "Hey, they've got a bit about them, and their mm. edges are strong." So, yeah, it's it's a hard one because every single pundit will tell you, "Hey, they got no forwards, they can't win," which history will tell you you can't win without. A good four pack is the big size will just roll you and you've got nothing. However, I just think if they can get some guys that they maybe can unearth a few bodies that you know can get that 150 yards a game, yards, meters. Sorry, guys, <laughs> yards. He's in Vegas. I'm about to go already. to Vegas. I'm about to go there. Yeah, Sin City, baby. So, look, I think I think that's where we can potentially unlock some some guys to come through. Um, and then yeah, there's some exciting guys that might be able to push for wing spots. Like I love um, Habibi, Jacob Carras. The big white hush. His running style. And I've heard reports that he's changed his running style and what? He's, he's streamlined it. Oh, you can't I, I coach the white hush like out this. of this kid, all right? I, I, I don't like this. What makes him what he is is he's a maniac, okay? He's yeah, crazy and it, you're going to get all elbows and knees. You know what? Okay? You know, if, if they change his running style, you know what that is? That's gentrification. And we don't stand for that. Yeah, no way. We it's like taking the money shops out of Bankstown. Yeah, like, what are we doing? We don't stand for that in Bankstown. I'll tell you that much for free. We got a save for this back in Bankstown. Yeah. He is a Barella local. Still lives there now with the family. That's I good. love one that. Shout out the Barella Bears. One of the great yeah. blokes. One of the great clubs too, the Barella Bears. There's a few few lads trotting around at the moment from Barella. How bad Mate, would a club... Mate, Utah how was bad, a Barella Bear, wasn't he? He was. Happy Coruscant. How bad would a club have to be for them to not get in the one of the great clubs conversation? It's true. Unless we had a personal <laughs> bit. Like, who do you hate again in Group 6? I forget. Everyone. <laughs> there you go. Everyone. So, in Group Tell 6, if you're not the Camden Rams... Jets, Warragam, probably Warragamble Wombats, they were the worst. The Oaks, Tigers, Picton, Magpies, Roberts and Spuddies, all of them. Hate oh, all of them. Oh, fuck off. Unless 
one of them makes it to the NRL and then it's like, wow, it's group six. Yeah, like, you got stick like together. Ke- Kepi's a good example of that, eh? So Kepi's pup's age, you always played against him and all that. They know, know each other a little bit. And like when they played each other, like, oh, man, Kepi, you got to get after Kepi, you got to get after him. And then he made it to Manly and I was like, Kepi, so proud of him, mate. Just representing the MacArthur area. Group six man will never let you down. <laughs> Every area you're from is the same deal. It was a couple of Southwest kids here, Bungarn and I. Correct. You go, oh, Banks down this, Banks down that. All of a sudden, someone makes a big stage. He's my mate. I've known him <laughs> my entire life. Yeah. I spoke at his christening. Oh, we did. It was mate, the Cook Island christening at, at, at the Belmont. When, when Casey Lawn Donovan Bowl. made the final of Australian Idol, the city of Bankstown Huge. came together. Can I tell you a story? <laughs> yes. Yes, you can. So she went to Connor Park High. Correct. And that night, she was at Bankstown Sports Club and she just ripped in for, for days. At Sporties, and she told the crew, "What are you excited about tonight? I just can't wait to have a drink and smoke twenty cigarettes." She was talking about, "Fuck yeah!" And she's so good. Years later, I'm talking mid twenty tens, twenty fifteen, maybe. Remember the um, social dating site Bumble? Yes. I hope you don't, Bungard. I, mean, I know what it is. I'm not like a moron. <laughs> anyway, swiping away on there of Cole's down down prices of down fame. Casey Donovan, we swiped together. We're on. And then what happened? Had like. Two chats and then me, oh. me, me didn't respond because I forgot and away it went. So I did serve. Casey, in the, I did serve in the drive-through at the McDonald's once at Reesby. Yeah, so, mate. A tale of the lost bi- love. The, the big three, oh, you know, the big three in the drive-through: Jamin Lowe, Brett Hodgson, and Casey Donovan. <laughs> it's so, the um. We're so Neil, proud, aren't we? Neil, I'm sorry. That's only the second best matching with a singer on a dating app story I've ever heard. The best ever is a former guest of the show, who I'll tell you about after. He matched with Montaigne on Hinge. Wow. Massive, eh? Yeah, of Hilltop Hoods 1955. The fame. very same. I like that. That's mm. good stuff. And how'd they go? Um, I think they chatted for a bit. I don't think a date ever happened. Oh, which, yeah. Heartbreaking, but still. I regret that now. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> uh, any, any young guns from the dogs that could make an impact this you year? You know what I liked on Thursday night? The bloke on the wing, Skelton. Skelton. He was going to be my pick. Yeah, I really He did him. look good. Um, and to me, I was like, okay, this this kid, if he gets a shot, hard to break in there because you've got handsome Blake Wilson. Mm. Have you seen Blake without a headgear, Bungard? Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you something for free, Bird. He's pretty handsome. Mm. He's, you've got Reed Contact Marnie, handsome Blake Wilson. But, of course, the big Wahash Jacob Carraz is there to start. Uh, you know what? I mean, is he a young gun? But I'm really excited to see Bronson Cherry play. You know, yeah, it's been a while. I wasn't alone two years ago. Uncle Gus signs him, so you think, okay, don't know about this kid. Is he is he gonna be back? He looked all right on the weekend, and it was early days. You know, we're talking about who we bring along to these shoots, and usually it's the top thirteen. And I left him off the list, and then all of a sudden, last minute, they actually put him in there. Get him in. Give so him I just think didn't think he would be in the top twenty, but he's he's looking all right. But there's a kid, um, Jordan Samrani, you know, a young Wahash. I just I love I love <laughs> anyone one. anyone of, of Middle Eastern background who plays. The dogs, dogs always have to have one. Well, we've got one. one now with yeah. Kraz. and this kid he kind of is is gone back door. He came up through the shark system. Now he's back at the doggies. In he was years ago watching those you know Josh Reynolds dog sides you know with beaten drums on Belmore on Burwood Road Belmore, and now he, he had a bit of a run the other night. He looks good. He's yeah. a, he's a big old lump. I think he grew up center back row. He's gonna be a back rower. He could find a way on the bench. I know not that we need any more bench back rowers, but I just think he's a, he's a young guy that, that might make a bit of a uh, bit of a splash. I hope. Well, I hope he gets some footy anyway, because yeah. I think I want to see some some Monyuks and some Habibis given That's given a go. Totally fair. I, I am quite a fan of Jarrell Skelton. I know his defense probably isn't quite there yet, but I thought in the couple of games. 
he played last year. I think he's, he's clearly got something. He's still working it out. He's shown he, it for a couple of years, hasn't he, Campo? Yeah, well, he, he, he runs the ball really well. He's a tackle buster. Um, he was at the Melbourne Rebels before he came to Canterbury. So he's st- And he's, he's, I had a chat to him on Friday. He's always played league and union at the same time, but just sort of getting to the elite level league stuff is taking a little bit. He's probably some, some defensive issues that he's got to clean up, but I, I, I like him, man. I think he's a little bit similar in style mm. to the big Wahash himself. So we all just got to learn a little bit of Samoan and then we can think of a name for Jarrell Skelton. That's fair. Um, where you got Malata? So the big, the my actually one of my biggest queries with the dogs, apart from the forward pack, is I think the jury is very much out on Cameron Seraldo. Mm. I thought it was really troubling last year how many blokes, not only how many blokes didn't improve, but how many blokes went backwards from the year before. Yep. And I thought the first six weeks of the competition and they were okay. There were some all right signs, and then things got really really bad. And then t- for the last sort of six weeks of the season, they were a team that looked pretty pretty checked out and I thought that was really really disappointing for a coach that wrestling story was super weird yeah very strange um and for a coach who's had as many raps as Seraldo I thought that was pretty that was pretty troubling mm. so we got him I have them in 15th place wow there you go you already no, picked, sorry, you already six, pick, 16th, 16th you place. already picked manly to finish 15th place. that was my mistake um yeah, I got him 16th. If, I'd, sorry, if, I'd, if I'd made these picks before the trials that we watched on Thursday and Saturday I'd probably flip these two teams around and put the dragons last but uh, I got the dogs last so but that's I don't mind that though because you hate the dogs. It is based on hatred, and you always have. So if like if you're just listening to your hatred, mm. I always think that's a good Thank way you. to go in the preseason. What do you think, you know? Neil? So you're saying trust your gut if you hate anything? Is yeah, that right? Correct. Okay. Look, I just think so I've done this potty with you guys the last few years, and it was that first year. I was like, oh, we're not going to be there yet, but we'll work towards the eight. Last year, I was full of optimism. Just I thought, here we props. go. Zero's there. We're all here. This year, I think it might take a little bit longer for us to get to to the eight and you know i hate rebuilds i hate all that but i just think now we finally got the cattle that the coach wants that i think we can move forward with Mm. um obviously still need to develop some some forwards middle forwards in particular i don't think the eight's there the boy i said it the boys on the way i said just get to the eight and critter goes to me what do you mean the eight we're winning the whole thing i like that i love that well you gotta love that. that you gotta say it and i didn't have the heart to tell him i just not there with you. But I like that. I want to say, I want to see the dogs come 10th. Okay. I want to be there and just go, hey, that was, that was something them, that we're proud of. You want them to be of. in the fight for the eight. Be in the fight. And I think that's Give what the side... Give you something to believe in in those cold winter months. Yeah, and that's what the side's about, I think. You know, mm. it, as controversial as last year may have been with um, different things going on with the training stuff, you know, I think now picking the side they like... Is, is going to be all about fight and it's all about character. The stuff you talked about, about this, these boys who've trained hard and worked hard their whole lives. Mm. Um, I think that's that's what you might get. You know, you might get not get points and there might be a couple of blowouts, but I think they're going to be in the fight for and, most of And it. you get three slots on the roulette wheel to be the team of the show. And if you win, I will quit podcast. So you can pick any number that is not already taken. To ensure, uh, to ensure 100%. Well, Neil will be objective. there. I, yeah, I'll, I was going to say, we'll have Neil there when, when I as, do a, as a witness that way when, I can't when Bungard spins the wheel. Yeah, because I would never trust you. The wheel decides. Uh, we're filming it, so it's not like I can cheat. Still wouldn't trust you. That's all right. AI technology. Okay, can I go such. three? Yep. Just say three slots? Yeah, you can, you can have three numbers. You can three have numbers? Three numbers? Yep. Uh, I want three some for every One 33? for every game you're going to win this year. Yeah, good. Magic Johnson, Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah, nice. Not Larry Bird. Not well. And uh, you can have one more. And give me—is Matt Farley doing this thing? He'll be there. 
You mean Grayson Waller? Don't, please don't. Sorry, please don't is Grayson Damon. doing this? I'm going to take Grayson's number 21. I like that. <laughs> Sucked in. <laughs> don't live in the States. The 21st century success story. Well, he's, he's he's the, he is the only person that hates the Bulldogs as much as I do. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Neil, anything to promote before we get out of here? Uh, watch Channel 9 No Channel 9 Still the one Something I think of, all the, of anyone ever promoting anything on here The easiest sell ever is Neil saying Watch the footy <laughs> Just watch the footy Just enjoy it all You right. don't need to watch what I do I don't really care But just enjoy something Alright Thank you very much Neil Appreciate you Thanks Neil Thanks boys And joining us now We're actually going back in time This was recorded before the charity show Which is kind of unfortunate Because it does involve The St. George Illawarra Dragons And joining us now in his gorgeous uh, New South Wales Rugby League Illawarra Steelers jersey, Nathan Brooks from SEN, welcome. Gents, thanks for having me back. Speaking of going back in time, I did listen back to the potty from last year. Geez, we were optimistic. Well, mm. Brooksy, the one Dragons one we did with you last year was actually one of my favourites. And Lord knows it wasn't because I was excited about the Dragons season because I don't think anybody was. <laughs> but you were you were so optimistic. You were, you were so, for a team that like not a lot of people had high hopes for, you were really chipper. You were really keen. You were like, yeah, let's get the young fellas in there, see what we can do. Let's just go out there and have a great season. I came away from it thinking, man, Brooks has got it all figured out. And then like the season maybe didn't go as well as you hoped. No, no, it didn't. Five wins, worst ever season in the merger history. It was like uh, 1989 Steelers all over again. And it was just, it, it, it was devastating. We lost Hook. That was hard for all of us, man. Mm. Yeah. It, it was, writing was on the wall, wasn't it? And then um, Ryan Carr came in and it was like, oh, you've got to win. Like it, oh, from, from where I was this time last year to living it week to week, um, enjoying the six points we got for buys. So we nearly got as many points for buys as we did for wins last year, which was great. Um, but yeah, it it was diabolical, wasn't it? It's it's good that that's in the uh, rearview mirror. But um, this season ahead, ooh, it's going to be hard to be optimistic again for this body. Well, I was I was going to see if you could if you could front up again, if you could at least put on a brave face and think of a couple of things to be excited about for the Dragons this year. Because I don't think it's any secret they're a popular pick to prop up the rest of the ladder. I don't think there's a lot of expectations uh, for what's going on out there, but new coach in, in Shane Flanagan, I think we all like that as a move. So before we get into the stuff that we don't like, because there's going to be a fair bit of that, what's some stuff that you do like about Saints for this year? What's some stuff that you're a bit excited about? Okay, let's go. Like 23, I thought what was real, like amazing, and we sort of touched on it was how Sully and Ravalawa played well at the back end of 22. But McKaylee, defense not so good, but 21 tries last year was a bit of an offensive beacon for us. Like to have someone scoring that many tries in a team that had five wins was great. He, he missed a couple of games where uh, Tao Tao Monga got five tries on his wing. So he could have well and truly taken the try scoring uh, title. Um, but yeah, it, I think the, there was a couple of debuts. Uh, the youth is a strength of the Dragons. So obviously, we've got St. George, we've got Wollongong, we've got the South Coast. We saw some of the young guys coming through. I thought the Couchman uh, twins, mainly Toby, uh, performed well. And you can see them being the future of the side. And that's something that I think Dragons fans have got 
that um, some clubs don't. They've got this talent pool and hopefully unearthing a few players every year um, is, is, a, is a positive. I thought they were good. Uh, we saw um, a couple of other young guys come through. For now, got his debut against uh, the Warriors over in New Zealand, but suffered an injury, so we didn't see him um, again. We got uh, Connor Malison come in um, at the back end of the year when Mbai moved on. Another junior, we've seen Dylan Egan. He did well in the preseason, playing well in Reggie's. He's been given an opportunity this year. So there's a few youngsters coming through, which is great. But as a whole, it's tough. It's it's really tough to look at last year and, and, and see some positive. Lowest crowds, lowest members. Like, how's this? Like, I look back 2018, that year we won our only finals since Wayne Bennett. 22,000 members. We're down to 13. We oh, averaged shit. 11. We're down. That's we're, yeah, we're averaging 11. Yeah, 11,000 in our crowds. Look, if we get Anzac Day, that adds another, like, 3,000 to the True. average. Still be, not that good. Could be worse. I mean, it's it, at least your best player isn't like publicly agitating to leave and has been for the past eighteen months or something. <laughs> wait, wait. Ooh. I'm being handed a note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, well, that was going to be one of my positives too. The guy that wanted to leave is actually going to stay, which is some sort of weird positive that you can sort of um, mm. hook your hat on. Um, another positive was Jackson Ford last year. How, oh, that's right. He went to the that's Warriors right. and killed it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the juniors are playing really well in other places. Uh, but yeah, you look at the season, we had five wins. One was at the death against the Roosters. Uh, there was another one against South, your boys, Bungers, but very much a depleted rabbit. The most depleted team I have ever seen in my life. And we knocked over the Tigers late in the season to pretty much... That Roosters win was days. sick, to be fair. That Roosters win was awesome. Yeah, and it, but if you go back through that game, there was, there was Victor Radley on report. There was, mm. there was a bit of niggle in the game. The Roosters lost their head and pretty much had an opportunity to win that. Um, but yeah, we, we snagged it at the end in the 80th minute. And that's... There's three wins there, guys, that could have gone the other way. Yes, we did have some close losses throughout the season. There were some good moments. But, yeah, I think there's been a lot of negativity around the Dragons leading into the season. Um, Let's go through it. Look, let's go through the gains and losses. I'm going to go through the gains for us. And this was something that's been, I think, contentious the last few years. The recruitment at the Dragons, they went for those veterans, those one-year Money balls, they famously called it. Signing... Washed up guys for a lot of money is what Moneyball is, apparently. Works in baseball, but uh, I don't know about the NRL. But, yeah, Jesse – okay, no. But let me wait on Jesse Marshkey because there's a big we save him. we got we got to yeah. save Jesse Marshkey. So, yeah, how good's that? You're saving Jesse Marshkey. <laughs> but we brought in Flano Jr., Kyle Flanagan. There's, there's some positives there. I think there could be a decent halves combo – for Hunt and Flano together. We had um, Shane Flanagan on um, Joel and Fletch uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he spun a nice narrative of how much Flano's going to take off Ben Hunt. And instead of him mm. get out of the way and give it to Ben, he's going to take a bit more control, which um, Junior Ramone, I believe, didn't and was a bit standoffish and sort of didn't really command the ball as, as much as he should have. And it was very much Ben Hunt. Um, running everything. So there's a positive there. Um, Tom Eisenhoof, 
uh, we got from the Storm. Um, we got Corey Allen and Ronald Volkman. Oh, wait. That, I, I'm yeah. being handed a second note. <laughs> uh, Corey did his knee, unfortunately, in, um, in pre-season training. And Ronald Volkman, uh, that's, a, that's a podcast in itself, that whole seven-day period. Um, unfortunately, will not be at the club due to a shoulder injury, which leads me to the signing of Jesse Marshkey, and a New South Wales Cup Player of the Year. 26-year-old, should be a good addition to the squad. And we have probably our best signing, though, I've left him for last. Oh, not last, second last. Hame Sele, bungers. Good Come player last year. coming home. What a we homecoming. Got a, we, we got a junior back. <laughs> um, and Raymond Faitala Mariner. Uh, um, interesting story, leaving Belmore and coming to the Dragons. So that is the Dragons 2023 recru- uh, 2024 recruitment. Um I don't know what to say about that other than it's a mess. And I, yeah. I, can you guys give me something to be positive about, about that? Yeah. I'm a seller. How was his time? At the he was level? actually, no, he was genuinely he was quite good. a good rotation player good. last year. I will say, I went back and looked at um, Cronulla's record with Shane Flanagan. And you throw 2014 out because obviously he was suspended and, and everything completely went to shit with all the Asada stuff. But he comes into the back end of 2010. His first full season is 2011, and they steadily improve. In 2011, they win seven games. 2012, they win 12 games. 2013, they win 14 games. Comes back in 15, they win 15 games. 2016, 20 games win the comp. And then his last two seasons, they they have a a fairly solid 15 and 10 and 17 and 10 records as well. So he was a guy that came into a club that was probably at a a similarly low ebb, if not maybe a little bit higher than the Dragons are right now. And, and it took some time to turn it around. But I think by the end of his tenure, say what you will about him in terms of character or any of that stuff with, with the cheating and all that stuff. But in terms of actually getting results, you can't argue with what he did at Cronulla. And it might take a couple of years. I was excited for you and for other Dragons fans when they got Flanagan because we all remember what he did at Cronulla. But maybe it won't be this year. But as long as he sows some seeds for the future, and I think that getting him did play a part in why Ben Hunt wanted to stay in the first place. So there are positives. There are there are definitely positives, and there are definitely um, things you can look forward to going forward. You talked about some of those juniors as well. I just don't know if you're going to reap the rewards of any of that stuff this year. That's my thing. Bungard, uh, towards the end of last year, you were saying I was so in. Yes, you were you were pretty keen on the Dragons for 2024. I was, and then I looked sta- at the are you standing by that take. No, so I, I was, I, I was keen on them improving, and then I kind of looked at what other teams did, and then when I actually sat down and, and did my preview and did my ladder and all the stuff, it, it it was stark to me just sort of how much better a lot of these bad teams have gotten. Whereas whilst Dragons have, in my opinion, secured a really good coach and a coach they can build around for the future, the roster still does leave a lot to be desired. There's still a lot of still a lot of dead weight on that roster. And I think it might take a couple of years for them to, to fix it up. I think they will be better. I think, honestly, I think they will have some games this year where they surprise everyone. They'll have some wins like that. Roosters win last year where people go, oh, geez, dragons look red hot this week, but then they'll have, they'll probably have a few stretches where, you know, it, maybe when Ben Hunt's playing origin or when a couple of guys are hurt, when it, it doesn't look so pretty. And, you know, that that's not necessarily the, the, the bravest take. And it's not certainly not the most exotic one. If you're a dragons fan thinking of what you can look forward to this year, but it does seem like the most likely outcome is that they have a couple of really good wins. They improve a little bit from last year. 
And we're looking ahead for 25 and beyond, hoping that they can build up that roster a little bit, nurture those junior guys, and watch Shane Flanagan work his magic. I'm with you on Flanagan. I think he's going to be really good for them. Um, A lot of the stuff I've heard out of the club over the summer has been how much a lot of the guys have really responded to his methods. I agree with you both that you probably won't, you probably don't reap the rewards from that for this season. Any sort of restructuring under a new coach can take time. And even though Flanagan did have that great record at Cronulla where after his first full season, he never, they never had a losing record. That first season was kind of a try stuff out, you know, get some new guys in, get some new faces in, clear the decks a little bit. It's probably not what Saints fans want to hear after one finals win in the last, what are we at now, Brooksy, 12 odd years? Like, what a win it was. Yeah, a great win. It was a great win, in fairness. We and keep they mentioning it every year. It's great. Let's go back. <laughs> Tarek Sims. How good was it? Yeah. The Tarek yeah. Sims game. Anytime you can have a game where it's the player name game, that's always great. Yeah. So, Silencing it was amazing. <laughs> Bennett's last game for the Broncos. Wayne Bennett, Dragons legend, all this time. <laughs> but I'm 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 with you guys. It's just difficult to see much progress for this season, particularly when you just look at the roster and you see some of the holes there, of which there are many. You know, like I I do have high hopes for a, a couple of the guys. Like two dudes that I'm really interested to see this year and really interested to see what you think of this, Brooksy, is Jack Bird and Zach Lomax. I thought Bird had a pretty good first season back at Saints um, in 2021, then kind of lost his way a little bit over the last couple of years. He played the best footy of his career under Shane Flanagan at the Sharks. I know that's going back a bit now, but I think Flanagan's trying to get that stuff out of him. He's talking about sticking him at right center and just letting him stay there. But as a result of that, that means, means that Zach Lomax can't play right center. You spoke before about Mika Ravalawa, how many tries he scored last year. A large part of that was Zach Lomax. I thought he had a pretty inconsistent season on the whole, but when he's, when stuff's working, he's really good at creating for his winger. Now they're talking about Lomax playing on the wing, which I am not in love with. And I don't like the idea of him at fullback either. I think he's an out and out center, but they seem pretty set on bird and Suli as their starters. So if there is some good times for the Dragons this year, you would think that Bird and Lomax will play a part of it at some point. So, Brooksy, how are you feeling about those two guys and what do you want to see from them this year? Look, I'm not sure about the decision. Like, with those two players, I totally agree with you um, in terms of their seasons and, and the importance of these two. I think Flano and Jack Bird reuniting is a good thing and that's and that's good and Jack can sort of talk to you know, his time at the Sharks and talk to the young guys and the people that haven't been in the Flano aura and realm, um, you know, at the Sharks. He can, he can sort of bring to what, what you need to do to commit and, and get success under Flano. Agree with you with Zach Lomax. I, I, I feel there's probably a, um, there's something bigger in terms of this move. Um, I, I, I believe he's on a, on a big deal. Yeah. And, He's basically putting Zach in an uncomfortable position. Trying and to challenge him. A, he either succeeds or B, it doesn't work out and he's and he's going to another club, which allows Flano to get more cap space and create the team that he wants. He was high on a moan at fullback when we spoke to him and he's high on Jack Bird as a right centre. And that I feel he's the odd man out and it is a big season for Zach. Like whether he wants to be a dragon and and 
take on the position that Plano gives him or he's like, I'm out, I'm just going to go through the motions, we'll get through this year and have a sort of similar situation to what Ben Hunt had at the back of 2023. Back to what you were saying about the teams and where they might sit and stuff, like looking at the ladder and let's say we'll go down to 12, Seagulls, Dolphins, Titans, Bulldogs, Tigers. So these are the five teams that were above and obviously below the Tigers in 2023. You feel that we'll improve somewhat or gaining a star back, whether it's Tommy with the Eagles, Flegler and Farnworth going to the Dolphins, Desi going to the Titans and all that youth that they've got there, the Bulldogs with Crichton signing, the Tigers with Benji and sort of a new era there. But the recruitment to me doesn't suggest that we're on the up. And the communication from Flano in that trial with the Seagulls talking about how they can win the comp and you know what? We're sort of gearing towards 2025 here, you know, going through how good Dylan Egan was and, and picking these random players out. That's a cause of, for concern for 2024. And I was talking about those crowds and membership numbers. I'm like, geez, this is another year where it's like, what are, what are we going to do? Like, we are hoping that these sort of little combinations where he's like, okay, hey, we're going to put Jack Bird on the right and we're going to challenge Zach Lomax and we're going to ride... Uh, Tyrell Sloan at fullback and hopefully he can improve on his numbers from last year it's it's sort of concerning for me and the pack sort of just again a bit more like okay mm. we've got we've got Raymond back we've got Raymond in there Tom Eisen who's going to probably play 80 every now and then it's like oh aren't they Sele is a big sort of star in the pack now having gained all that experience at the bunnies it's it's really concerning and five wins like to in, how are they going to improve on that? Like, that's that's my real concern. And it is going to be, hopefully, these debuts and these young guys coming in. And, and hopefully, this Flano-Hunt combination um, does well. And hopefully, we don't get injuries because, yes, yeah, so the roster is quite thin. Um, I talked about last year that hopefully there's, you know, there's two players in each position and hopefully they'll push. Didn't really see that last year. Didn't really see that there was the competition and people were sort of, being challenged for their role. And that's that's a concerning thing this year. If Flano does make that decision because it is a free hit and it's 2025, I think mm. we might see some cricket scores. And that's and that's going to be just disheartening. There is already this sort of, we're playing at win, we're playing at Cogra, we're going through what the Tigers are, have gone through the last few years. They're hoping not to be at the bottom of the ladder. The two joint ventures are just a rabble at the moment in terms of success on the field. Um, you know, two of the three biggest finals droughts with the Bulldogs as well. And it's just, I, I'm finding it really hard to be positive about this year and can sort of see, okay, cap space, you know, this is this is what's going to happen. We're going to try and lure some stars. There's chat about Luciano Leilua. And, and Nick, you can talk about this too because you're a Raiders guy and they're the two teams that are after him. It's rumoured 900K to bring him in, lock him in for four years. I, like, honestly, that if that totally goes against the mantra of what Flano is saying in terms of what we need and how much money he's spending there um, to lure in Luch back to the Dragons. But, like, yeah, from your perspective, mate, is this, like, is this, like, if he doesn't go to the Raiders and he goes to the Dragons, are you, are you happy with a signing like this if he does come down from the Cowboys for 2024? I think the Dragons are kind of at a point now where any sort of 
reasonably big kill they can get on the transfer market is going to be a net positive because how many blokes have we seen linked to them over the last few months? And it just hasn't got there at all. If you really think that any club, even a club as desperate as the Dragons, is going to give Luciano Leilua $900,000 a year over four seasons, i got a Nigerian prince that you would really, really <laughs> love to meet. Come on, that's not happening. That's not There's happening. no the, way. The fact that people sort of swallowed that kind of really, really surprised me. For starters, he's getting a release from the Cowboys. They're footing a large part of the bill this year, if indeed he does go to the Dragons or the, or the Raiders. You, you guys aren't going to believe this. I would love to have a Leilua back at the Raiders. There must always be a Stark in Winterfell. There must always be a Leilua at the Raiders. <laughs> look, I know, I, I but I, I would, I would like him for Saints because if you look at the forward pack they do have, like they have Blake Laurie, who I absolutely adore as a footballer, one of the very few shining lights over there over the last couple of years, I would say. Um, they have Jack DeBellin, who is still a very solid first grader. They have Jaden Sewer, who I also thought did pretty well last year in, again, in a pretty rough side. But outside of that, they don't have a whole lot of explosion. They don't have a whole lot of creativity. They don't have a whole lot of like uh, swagger or attitude or guys mm. who sort of get the, the, the crowd and the fans and their teammates fired up. And I think, I think Leilua would be a good fit in that regard. If just based on stuff I've heard, I think he's more likely to end up at Canberra, which would suck for saints because then that's another bloke that they've missed out on. But if he was to go to saints, I would really like that for them. I think that's, he, he, it's funny with, with Luch, man, he seems to, I think it's because of Joey, but he has this rep of being like a, a coach killer and lazy and off the rails and all that sort of thing. He's really not. He's really not. He's been pretty consistent since he's been at North Queensland. He was consistent at the Tigers for 18 months before that. You know, he's really evolved into a very different player than what he was at the Dragons that first time. So I would like him at the Raiders. I think he'd be good for the Dragons. The 900K thing isn't happening. Can we all just please settle down? Yeah, I was shocked that people were running with that. Like the the idea that in 2024, Luciano Lua is going to get $900,000 a year to play rugby league is... is staggering to me but hey people like to run with silly things and get outraged about them so we can understand it from that point of view but yeah to me it was crazy i've obviously never been as high on him as you are nick i don't think anyone could possibly be as high on the low lures as you have been but um yeah uh, it'd be a nice pickup for the dragons uh, i i've never really seen it with him uh, i think he's fine but and you got to watch again, harder bro okay but uh yeah it's not really moving the needle is it and the fact that that could be the big piece for the dragons is is quite grim chat i think brooksy but we've said like sorry sorry to sorry to jump on you brooksy but like it's not as if there's one game-changing signing that's going to totally flip the script that's a it's a process Mm. and to me leilua would be part of that process it's not like leilua comes in and then brooksy i'll see you at the grand final like i I think that's why i said it in that tone was because that's the way it's it's was being presented by some people not you just like when the story broke a a few days ago that that's what that's more that's more what i meant yeah sorry brooksy i just get just get passionate when the lay lures are involved it's a red rag (laughs) to a bull when when the brothers lay lure are involved would you would you take joey lay lure back at the raiders in a heartbeat Well, that's why I set it up for you, mate. I knew the name was uh, synonymous with the green machine. I thought I'd throw it out there. So, no, that's all right. I, I got you there. But that's 
but this is the thing. You like you look you look at the roster. Like I talked about the Couchman boys. There's a couple of um the manly guys they got in that trade for um, Aaron Woods last year that didn't play first grade. Uh, Viliami Fafida and um, Alex uh, Tuitavaki and. I'm interested to see how they go. I reckon they'll probably get a couple of NRL games under their belt this year. Um, Dan Russell was sort of one of the elder, one of the oldest uh, NRL debutants. It was a nice story. Run. It was a nice story. Mm, it was nice story. So this is not, not as a nice story. Like this is the sort of chat <laughs> where yeah, like, yeah. isn't it? Like and and this is this is the concern. Like you, I look through the roster and I'm like, yes, you only clean out like. Uh, Sevilio, Tamale, like there's the 30s packed. Like, I think if we do get Leilua, we've got to say goodbye to Corey Allen. Like, thanks, thanks for your service. That would be that would be a massive win for me in mine and Bungard's ongoing rivalry. I'll tell you oh, that much, Proxy. That's, that would, that would, that's, that would a, hurt. that's a that's a knockout. That I think he's sting. I think he's off the show if that happens. I re, I re, people can't see me, but I recoiled <laughs> and had a shocked look on my face when Brooksy just said that. No, we can't have that. Can't have that at all. We've got. I don't play the same guys. position. Oh. We've got poor Cody Ramsey like going mm. through. Yeah. Like, I know we're saying his focus isn't footy this year. Like this is year two of the of uh, I don't know what to say. It, it's we've done well in terms of keeping Cody involved and stuff. And I mm. I, I you can't fault what the Dragons um do um off the field with some of the players and the and the situations they've had in recent years. But yeah, it's it's a shame to see him going through what he's going through off the field, and and hopefully we get to see him um, come and play a game, whether it's New South Wales Cup or first grade, if we get to that stage. But even Max Fiena, I remember he was he was released. He's back in the thirty. Like it, it, we've it's we've strung together a thirty. Christian, I, I think did I talk about Tui Pilotu, the signing from Manly, like? Just I don't think so, but feel free to in as well. A winger. I don't think we need him. Like it was just a, it was just a kill, really. Another signing we can we can do a media release for and say, hey, we bought someone who's scored some tries in this many games, and he was, mm. you know, Flano was with him at last year at Manly, and he's got good um, training ethic, and he'll be a good addition to the squad. You know, play that. Uh, media release bingo, ding ding ding. Say, say what you will about their top thirty, but there are thirty of them. You got to give right. them that. That's you right. Give we, that. could, we could we could never take that away from them. Yeah, and that's that's the interesting thing too, boys, because it's like I wouldn't have mind them going twenty-eight and just seeing what happens with the other sixteen teams. Maybe someone's disgruntled. Maybe there's mm. four um, players at a position, and we can offer some sort of salary. Um, oh, that 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 mid-season Anthony Milford signing. Oh, is baby, hit. that's coming. Oh, that's gonna that's hit. Coming. I can't wait. They're bo- the, right. bo- the boys are back in town. Milford and Hunt, one last ride. Uh, but Corey Oates, you know, let's let's get him make, in. Um, let's bring some of that 2015 Broncos team yeah. back down. You know, like which 2016 Shark, on, which 2016 Shark can Flano sign? Which, I swear you've already had. I swear you've already had half the 2015 Broncos there. McCulloch was there. True. Big shows there. <laughs> ben Hunt's there. Are like, we just doing the whole thing? Are we getting notes on a mid-season? Are we getting darbs down? Is Mitchell Dodds getting the call? Like, Get him back. No, um, yeah, you're right. I, there is a, I've been passed the notes. The Cy Pecky and Ricky Latelli oh. are two players on the radar of Flano. So look out, Super League. Hello, Wollongong and Cogra. So who knows? Yeah, maybe we can do a bit of a Broncos 15, Sharky 16 best of. 
you know, I think that could be a way we could get those five wins this year. But no, um, anyway, boys, look, it, there, there's some young guys there. I think the Couchmans, I think there's um, Finau, but like, you know, are they going to get chances? It does Flano want to just go, let's bottom out, boys, and let's try and unearth some guys. You know, value is not necessarily a bad thing. No. You get a bit of, you get a bit of, research you can work out you know what what you're doing wrong you know it's mm. a big thing in business right don't 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 knock failure you know you, you gain that information information's power like maybe we can through a bit this here's my optimism boys yes, let's fail let's bottom out and then from that you know in three years yeah. time we can get into the eight and then you know that five v eight who knows we can get into week two I don't know, but yeah, I, I think this is going to be a spoon year. I'm throwing oh, it out. Wow, there. I was—I mean, I was going to ask you where I was just about to ask you where you thought they were going to finish. I've got them fifteenth on the ladder, Campo. Yeah, I—I I have them last, man. I wow. do like you. The more I look at the, it's the more I usually this time of year. The more I look at a team's roster, the more I like it. And I get to the last weekend of February and I'm like, wow, 14 teams are going to make the top eight. That's crazy. Mm. Saints are that rare occasion where it's the opposite. The more I look at the squad, the less I like it. You know, I, yeah. and I think that they are going to go for something that Brooksy's mentioned where they're going to just try and bottom out and get some kids in and all that. But even that could take a little bit of time because Flanagan in those Cronulla days really did favor an older squad and older players when they won the comp in 2016, they had the highest average age of mm. any premiership team ever. You know, I know he brought in Holmes and Burt, but they were very much exceptions. He really, really does prefer experienced guys. So I, I think there's a chance that even the progression of some of the young fellas is, is pretty slow. Um, I do like some of them, like I'm with you, uh, Brooksy. I like the Couchmans. I like Viliami for feeder. I think there's something that might be something there with Sione for now, but, um, yeah, man, I got him. I got him finishing seventeenth, which is. Yeah. I think that tough, tough to you, say. It's a tough thing to hear, you know. What, what you just touched on there, Camper, is really important. I think that that's if we are going to glean positives for the, for them for this season, we we don't want to see those young guys' paths to first grade being blocked by some of those sort of tough level players that are taking out roster spots that they and which who they have in abundance. Like they, they did this a fair bit last year, where you just be like. What, what, why is what, why are these guys playing so many minutes when you've got these young guys who are so highly rated just sitting there, sitting there waiting for a chance? And I, hopefully that this is a year where a lot of those guys can get that chance. And that's the best case scenario, I think. But I, I just, like, for me, I don't know, like, Shane Flanagan, he's such a good coach. Like, he's such a good, like, he's got that, he's got, I know the squad itself, as you said, doesn't really have an edge to it. But, like, I just, the idea of a Shane Flanagan-led team finishing below like teams like the dogs and the tigers this year. I just, I, I just, there's a world where I just, there's a world where that doesn't happen. That's why I've got them at the lofty heights of 15. But do you remember last yeah. year when we said Anthony, Anthony Griffin teams never bottom out. That's true. We did. And say then that. they bottomed out, you know, That's Flanagan, true. Flanagan's a great coach, really good, really good coach. He's the right guy to lead this team forward, but uh, could get worse before it gets better. Mm. I think that's uh, the big key, right? Like that is the, the, the big game is Flano and what he brings. And and yes, 17, yes, that's definitely on the cards. I think there's other teams that could be in, like the Tigers could be in contention. I think your boys, are, it could come down to round 27, Nick. 
that um, game against Dragons Raiders. I have said you know, nothing but nice things to you today, mate, and you throw this in my face. Be. It this could be. I like, I like your forward pack. I think it's awesome. Um, the back line and the pressure on Fogarty. Anyway, this isn't the Raiders' uh, <laughs> preview. But it could, it could be. Like, in a world, it could be a, a big game in terms of the um, – of the, the minor premiership battle. I agree. I agree with you, yeah. Brooksy. It's going to... Imagine that. And then you've got all these, like, Dragons and Steelers and Raiders from yesteryear coming down to... I think it's Cogra. Coming down to Cogra. you got Fox and Nine there. They've moved the schedule. They're like, let's put it... <laughs> they've flexed them. They've flexed them in. Flex them in. You know, how, <laughs> you know how they love doing a countdown all week for, like, a, a big game? They'll have like the clock in the corner on Fox Sports <laughs> all week. <laughs> Dragons Raiders, eighty three uh, hours to go. <laughs> Matt, Matt Nabel just going Ross Kiddo, John Dory, Mark Roy. What have they all got in common? They all played for these teams that are playing for the minor premiership. Four pm. Jeez. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What a That's I, itself, doesn't it? It really does. Those th- I, I have a feeling those Nabel things always do. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they are a bit formulaic. Uh, Brooksy, you get three numbers on the roulette wheel. God, please don't oh, let yes. one of Brooksy's numbers come up. What oh, a grim yeah. here, Nick. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna um, let's. I'm gonna take you back. I'm. Uh, I guess it was around the time of uh, my fandom of the Steelers. Mm. I also got into the uh, V8 supercars, and there was a team of Dick Johnson and John Bow, and their numbers were 17 and 18. So I'm going to go. They were they they had the green cars and then went to that sort of red and white Steeler look. So, I you know me as a six seven year old loved it. So six uh, seventeen and eighteen for me yep. boys, two of them. And um, I'm going to also pick number two. I've always had a, a liking of that number. Um, I'm born in February. It is the second month. Um, mm. And uh, we've been, I've seen two grand finals in my 42 years on this planet. Uh, two so, clubs in the joint venture. There you go. <laughs> two clubs in the joint venture. Rod Wishart wore number two. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that is, that's a big number. So, I'm, on the roulette wheel, I would like number two, number 17, and number 18, please. Mm. No worries at all. Uh, and before we let you go, mate, we are just two weeks away from the season start in Las Vegas. I'll be there. You'll be there. Um, but I, I wanted to, while we have you who like Campo and I has quite a large knowledge of the NFL in addition to, to rugby league, um, we, we often hear about which NRL players could make the switch and play in the NFL, but what about the reverse? So I've actually put together a 13 of NFL players, uh, and feel free to jump in at any point. Like Campo wanted Baker Mayfield in the team because he's a winner. He's a winner. I, I agree. J- him and Joe Flacco. He's I think Josh Reynolds. They're 18th and 19th men. I like the idea of Baker Mayfield as the Josh Reynolds type causing chaos. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll run you the team. Imagine him doing the dances after he scores. That'd That's be great. Really, that, would be, that would be pretty sick. Oh, okay. we'd, we'd, we'd pack out the stands, bro. So I, I try to balance it with like a couple of defensive players, but it's mostly attacking players uh, with, with a couple of exceptions. But we'll start at the back. With fullback, I went with the all-pro safety, the best defensive back in the world, Kyle Hamilton. That's Safety is basically the fullback position on an NFL field. And he's a big six foot four physical guy, really athletic. The kind of guy who, if someone breaks through, remember how Greg English used to kill people after they made a line break? 
we'd, we'd get a bit of that. And I think I think we've we've gone away from that too much, Nick, in the modern game. So we, I feel we, like... we need we need more fullbacks who like are willing to commit. We need people on defense to make people scared <laughs> to make line breaks. Jack Jack Whiten, uh, you know, player I have a complicated history with. At fullback, <laughs> the one thing I did love is blokes would make breaks and he would try and fucking murder them. Yep. And Canberra couldn't really tackle. <laughs> so he had a lot of chances at it. So it was good. I like it. Um, <laughs> we don't really have. I don't think. Go on. You want, a, you want like a great white shark sort of type player mm, at the back yeah. that just yeah. comes up from the deep and just hammers the runner. Yeah. Delicious. I, I hear yeah. I don't think we have a lot of defensive backs that like return punts or kicks anymore. No, I was it thinking about like if, if a guy like a... if there was like a if there was a if there was a Dion Sanders type still in the league now, he would have been the fullback. But oh, but Dion, Dion, like this famously going, didn't like tackling. That's though. the thing. That's like this is going way, way back. Where there's a very famous <laughs> French fullback in the fifties named Puigobert who refused mm. to make tackles. Who looks like times, Cooper Cronk, by the way. He does look like Cooper Cronk. But there were times where people would make breaks. And Puigo Bear would be leaning against the goalpost, smoking a cigarette, and he'd say, "My job is not tackling. Like that's your job." It's the most French thing I've ever heard. That's what Prime was would he... do, man. If he was out there, just tucking a pack of ciggies in the padding, or was he just? Like, oh, mate, I think it was in his sock. Like <laughs> you have to respect it. You really do have to respect it. And you got and no way is it a pack of ciggies. That's hand roll, baby. Like come yeah. on. <laughs> so I, 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 on the wings, I didn't want to complicate it too much. I thought. Which players would make the best wingers? Probably wide receivers. Who are the best two wide receivers? I would Tyreek Hill on one ring and Justin Jefferson on the other. I like it. Je- Jefferson's a bit of height. He's I think he's 185 centimeters. Can jump like a freak. He's makes those crazy one-handed catches. Like just imagine the imagine the, the the bombs over to that over to that corner. And Tyreek, I mean, like what what do you have to say? The fastest man alive. Fastest man in the world. Yeah. yeah. It's a so. it's a it's a historical example. He's long retired now. But I always thought Randy Moss would have made oh, an unbelievable oh winger. Because, and because he's the only person I've ever seen who runs like Greg Inglis does. Mm. The only, the only, the only one ever who's got that same, that same stride and the size, but the speed at the same time. They're the only two I've ever seen like that. So I'm going to so, watch Randy Moss highlights once this is over. I want you all yeah. to know that. Three, three catches, three touchdowns, 189 yards, whatever that stat line is for that for that one game. The cup still Delicious. pops up all the time. Uh, I got a, I sent this to a few people. Got a lot of positive feedback for my center pairing because they couldn't have gone with too much more different guys. So Justin Fields is one of my centers, the quarterback for the Chicago Bears, soon to be the quarterback of somewhere else. Like, say what you will about him as a passer, but in terms of athleticism, he's probably only behind Lamar Jackson as the most athletic quarterback in the league. The way he glides through the field, he gets around the park well, Nick. He does get around the park well, and you know they don't like passing in Chicago. That's okay. It can be a, he, he, he can he can play out out in the wing. Sorry, just inside that winger there, and you know he'll have no trouble getting outside his man. I'm sure he, once you teach him how to flick pass, I'm sure he could master that. But the one I'm most proud of is on the other side. Now, much like once a player like Mele Hufanga or Sifatalika or Bradman Best gets the ball one on one, you know it's over. If you get the King Derrick Henry one-on-one with any defender, it's over. So that's yeah, my other center. Uh, I was pretty pleased with both of those. you got Thunder and Lightning in Fields and Derrick Henry. Uh, any objections to that? I Look, I'm a Seahawks fan. I'm thinking Kenny Walker into Ooh. a Matt Timoko sort of style center. You know, real stocky, just big legs, just... You know, I, I think that's a good comparison, but I can see where you're coming from. 
Mm. Derrick Henry, you know, all time there. I think you've got me there in terms of career. But, you know, I'm thinking Kenny, Kenny Walker's a good Kenny, player. It could be Canine, could be the next Timoko. You know, if we if we get him in a combine, who knows? Hey, what, if we like get some, what, if, what if we get Timoko taking snaps up in Washington, bro? Yeah. If Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll would have done it. What if they do a foreign exchange thing for a semester? Like Timoko goes plays for the Seahawks, and 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 Kenny comes. Oh, and plays that for, sounds plays that for sounds the like that's a director director video ninety sports comedy. It absolutely is. Too, <laughs> how have we not made that? How have we not made that? Um, what I like about Fields and Henry, right? So Fields probably not a great downfield passer, but if it's him and Tyreek just running the option or whatever, he's got to pitch to him a couple of times. Mm. I think he can do that, and I think he could yeah. easily become one of those. Zach Lomax types where he's great at like drawing blokes in and flicking mm. it out. And then like, obviously you want Derek Henry first choice always to run, but he's thrown a couple of touchdown passes in, in the day. playoffs against us. Unfortunately, he, yeah. he, he's done it a little bit. So like, he could, he could pop one to Jefferson. It, mm. Should the need arise, you know, they, these boys, there's, there's more to them than just running fast and over people. Right. You know? There's a bit of craft to the game. Yeah. So our, our halves combination is five eighth Lamar Jackson, halfback Patrick Mahomes. You've got the most dynamic athletic football player in the world in Lamar Jackson. More of a running 5'8 in this team because you've got the smartest player in the league in Mahomes. Still a very good athlete, but he he's great at throwing. Remember, think about all the times he throws little pop passes to guys like Tyreek and Kelsey and stuff. Like he, he can throw those little pitches. And once you taught him the rules and stuff, I have no doubt that he could execute game plans with the best of them because he's just like such a smart player as well. think that... When I was trying to build this team, I thought, who are the two best playmakers? It's those two guys. Let's put them in the team together and work the rest out later. be a bit boring to put a punter in as one of the halves. Mahomes digging into the line at first receiver, going out the back to Lamar. I can see mm. it now. Yeah. Um, so this is the part where I kind of just pick like the best defensive players for all the for, for all the forward positions. Uh, and Ooh. again, like the, the, the most obvious criticism people are going to have is like, oh, um, you know, none of them are used to playing rugby league. They, they're not going to be able to go up and back for eight minutes. I'm aware of that, but all of the that applies to all of them. So you just have to leave them at the door. We're, tr- for this we're trying to have some fun. We're trying to have some fun here, guys. And now oxygen tanks on the sideline at at Brookvale Oval. Yeah, but there's pickle juice. Which I'd like to see him without the pads. Exactly, mate. Exactly. So I just picked Aiden Hutchinson and Miles Garrett as our props. Just two absolute giant behemoth two meter tall 130 kilo dudes who can also run probably faster than any middle forward currently in the nrl oh yeah i'm thinking um the first three quarters nick bosa could be Mm -hmm. um in that rotation somewhere maybe he's first off the bench um but yeah i like that i imagine we still have the unlimited interchanges from the 90s (laughs) forget about it forget about it uh, Uka was a fun one. This was, uh, I think, this was your suggestion, Nicholas. But uh, I had I had a couple of other ideas for it. But I think you nailed it with Christian McCaffrey as our dummy half. Yeah, love, love like so versatile playmaker. Like I, I think he could be one of those hookers who even slots in at first or second receiver some of the time. You know, but that quick play the ball, he's off and it's over. Like Damian Cook standing on a beach would look slow by comparison to. To see him see my backup choice here was Jalen Hurts. Mm. I think he could be an unreal oh, try sneak close to the line. You know what I'm saying? Short mm. yardage yeah. situations, but we had to have McCaffrey in there, so I've got him packing down at nine. Yeah, Rooksy, any objections? 
Yeah, you could move McCaffrey into a ball-playing lock sort of scenario, I think, if you want to put Hurts at nine. And that could be another scenario, I think, if you've got McCaffrey in there and you've got Hurts in the team, you've got that variety of switching the 13, the nine. You could mm. bring Bosa in if you want with Garrett and Hutchinson. Like, that's... Oh, that's... That's finals. That's finals footy. Mate, that's that's yeah. taken that's taken Saints all the way. Yep. And then <laughs> it was kind of the same logic with my edges. I mean, you could just like pick whoever you like the best. Like you could have TJ Watt in there. You could have you could have Micah Parsons. Both fine choices. I went with Max Crosby on one edge, and I went with Roquan Smith, best linebacker in football and the best tackler in football on the other. But I think I, picking any I, of those guys, I don't want Max Crosby because he looks like Ben Stokes. You know what? That's fair. Yeah, that is true. fair. Yeah, get him out. I'm not having it. <laughs> Baz, ball this, Max. Yeah, I, so I Mike, say, Parsons, I, Mike Parsons back in. If you see him in Vegas, you tell him that from me, both of you. Uh, I'll, I, I'll, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> I can't promise that. He's, yeah, he, he, was, he was on part of my tails. He seems like a nice guy, but yeah. He didn't Max ask with two X's. Like ben Stokes, Max with two yeah, X's is a bold play as well. But I kind of like it. But yeah, I think again, I like, just think of like the best guys who play like edge or inside outside linebacker and just pick whichever ones you like the most. If, if I was looking for uh, a, an attacking player, a good hole runner, I feel like Sam Laporta from the Lions. Nice. I did think about Kelsey for an edge as well. I don't know. Was, I don't know if he can handle the physicality. Kel- think about that. Remember the, the pass he threw to Tony in that game where he ended up being offside? That's true, like, actually. That's true, think, yeah. Think of the Josh Schuster-esque flick passes Kelsey could throw on an edge. Travis Kelsey never flicked a pass in his life. You could, you could teach him, but you could teach him. Um, you stole my idea, boys. I thought as an alternative, tight ends on the edges. I had Kelsey and then maybe Kittle, Laporta, and then Joku. Mm. I, I thought that yeah, was Joku. <laughs> Came on strong in the second half of the season. But, you know, maybe a couple of tight ends on the bench. Again, mm. that rotation in the forward pack. I like I think that's prelim material. I know I said finals before, but I think we're building here. And that Jackson Mahomes combo was that's Walker Reynolds for me, isn't it? Mm, like yeah, running, absolutely. Running six, like controlling seven. Oh. And if I, you only I, had the Michael Dixon boot, you know, oh. that's Yeah, I mean it would have been it would have been lazy to put I, I also thought about just putting Jordan Mylata in this team, but like, I mean, come on. But um it's too easy. It is too easy. And this was my, probably the my pick favorite. I was, my yeah. favorite selection of the entire team is this next one. This is the one I was most proud of. This I sent this to you, uh, Joshua, a few other people, and they were all like, love this. This is the best one. Brooksy hasn't heard it yet. So, you know, all playing locks are in vogue. Like, you need your lock to be that sort of link man, that extra playmaker. All great teams have one of those now. And who better than the biggest and most sort of physically punishing quarterback in the league in Josh Allen as our lock forward? I like it. I like it. You've Love seen, watching yeah. Josh Allen play completely kamikaze running style. Like where guys like Mahomes and Lamar try to avoid contact or get out of bounds or make guys miss, he does not give a shit. He will just try to run through guys all day long. And I'm sure once you taught him how to tackle, he'd equally enjoy trying to hurt guys as without the ball as he does with the ball. You know what? I'm not even teaching him to tackle. I'm just saying, Josh, just run into him. Run into him? Just yep. run into him, knock him over. Like we're rescinding the shoulder charge rule here, of course. But mm. like, yeah, just... Fuck them up, Josh. Yeah. You've got what? So you, you, yeah, your middles, you've got Garrett and you've got Hutchinson inside, outside him. Like he'll mm. be sweet. He's protected. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's not doing a heap of tackling here. 
no, exactly. No, this is all. Oh, this is this smells GF. <laughs> yeah, and then um, yeah. So that's, that's it. Yeah, and then um, yeah. 18th and 19th man are Baker Mayfield and Joe Flacco. Well, you could, you could, you could, you <laughs> could. Four, 14 to 17 have been a, have been erased. Well, I mean, we were talk. We just ran through some guys. You can have Laporta on there. Yeah. You can have TJ Watt on there. Hertz Hertz is a 14 is a must. Because Hertz I'm enchanted is a bench by, 14. I'm enchanted by McCaffrey oh, dropping back to lock at some point. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, this is a funny. We'll put the full team up on a graphic or something. Put it on our socials later. But yeah, um, I would love to see that happen somehow. Do you think that? How long would you need to teach, like, to teach them the rules and stuff? Direct, or you think they could credibly challenge, like, a, a, an NRL select team? Look, if the AFL and Gaelic football can get together and create True. international rules, I like where your head's at. And the NFL can get together and create whatever this is. And you know what? I'm going to go over if it's year six of this Vegas uh, trip. I'm there. I'm there for this more so than the double header. And Lamar Jackson play halfback for Souths in the NFL offseason this year. Do you really want him to let you down in another prelim? Oh, oh what? Did I do that? Oh, that the, yes. That was the meanest yes. thing you've ever said to me. You walked into oh. it, mate. You walked oh. into it. Come on. Well, I was enjoying this fun exercise until this point. This podcast is over. Thank you for coming, Nathan. Uh, do you have anything to promote before we get out of here? What's what? What is the SEN Vegas schedule looking like? Oh, we we aren't doing anything officially over there, guys. Uh, I'm taking annual leave. And, oh shit! Um, All right, fantastic. I, I might I might do a bit of um, podcasting. I don't know. I might do some interviews and put it on the SEN League podcast. But mm. um, we will still have normal broadcasting from six a.m. to eight p.m. with. Bossy Brandy, Matty White, or Matty Johns on the Fridays. We've got Jimmy Smith. We've got Joel and Fletch, or Joel and or Fletch, depending on their schedule. Fletch will be over in Vegas. I think we've got Stephen O'Keefe and Michelle Bishop filling in over that time. We've got Sports Day, Sattler and uh, Matt Rogers. Uh, it's going to be a big week. I'm really looking forward to it. How, like Before we close, what, how do you guys feel about this venture? I know year one's going to be a massive feel out. See what works, what doesn't. Build for two, three, four, and five. Yeah. In my opinion, are you guys, are you well, guys high on this? You're obviously yeah. Dying, but... Well, yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'll, I'm delighted to be there, and I'll be like you, doing some shows from over there, of course. And you know, I'm, I'm coming in with no cynicism whatsoever. Like we were extremely cynical about this when it was announced, but you know, as time progresses, we've just got to, just got to pl- let it play out and see how it goes, and. You know, I've already lined up a few things to do during the week, both work-wise and 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 fun-wise, and I'm really looking forward to it. I think it should be a great. I think it should be a great few days. I think it'll be a great time for everyone that goes over there. Look, I'm not doubting that for a second. Um, I've been a big advocate of rugby league in America for a really long time, but over the last couple of years, my view on that has sort of shifted. I used to think it was possible for league to get a foothold there. I don't think it is anymore. The more time I spend there, the more unlikely I think it is. Um, and while I don't doubt again, that everyone's going to go over there and have an absolutely sick one. And just the novelty of seeing NRL teams play in that crazy Raiders stadium, that'll be awesome and really, really fun. But I think the way that the NRL has promoted it has been really, really poor. Um, and I wonder if they take a big loss on it, which I think they're going to, if they are actually going to follow through with these five or six year plans that they supposedly have for it, you know? So I want it to work, but my gut 
tells me that it's not going to. Well, mm. I guess if, if it's treated like magic round, and I know it's a totally different circumstance, Brisbane is not Las Vegas. Um, but they call it Bris Vegas. And they, they do, <laughs> that's true. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's turned into a massive asset for the NRL magic round. And, and I think even if they get FS1 showing NRL consistently, if they get a clip of the gambling money and it's in casinos in Vegas, you know, people are going to go to Vegas potentially in the future to watch NBA games. There's already NFL, uh, sorry, NHL and NFL there. You've got NASCAR there. They're doing Netflix has got a tennis match there on the Sunday. Vegas is changing in terms of what it's all about. It is becoming a massive sports and entertainment hub in the States. And I, I believe it's good. Like, yes, I, I don't think we'll be um, creating a, a Hawaiian or Californian franchise as the 21st or 22nd team in the 2030s. But I think in terms of entertainment and getting eyeballs and, and greenbacks in NRL, I think there could be something there. And yeah, I think they've got to ride it out and probably take a few years, like you said, Nick, mm-hmm. as a loss and, and build this as an asset. Because I know Aussies, but I'm going, I'm, I'm going to three NBA games while I'm there. Yeah. You know, there is, I'm not just going there for the um, mm. NRL. I'm going to go and watch some comedy. I'm going to hopefully see some bands. I'm going to see some. Yeah, NBA. I got a bunch of mates going to the U2 concert that's on that weekend. In the sphere. While Why in the aren't sphere? they playing this game in the sphere? If the game was in the oh. sphere, how the much better would you sphere, feel about I'm, it? I'm there tomorrow. Okay. Sorry, sorry, Brooksy, keep going. No, no, it's, but that's it. It's the lures. It's like, you know, whatever it might be. It's like, you know, why am I watching NRL? Why am I listening to SEN? Why am I subscribing to uh, Boom Rookies? You've got to give reasons, right? And that's what I think this trip does. It does tick a lot of boxes in terms of, you know what, I'm going to make that my um, end of summer trip because A, I can, I can do this. I could... I could go snowboarding if I really wanted to. I could do whatever. I could go to Hawaii on the way back and chill before I get into 30 weeks of NRL. I don't like people are different and America yeah. provides a lot of different options. Mm. And as a as an attraction, I think Vegas is just growing and it's I, I'm excited. I, I look, am very excited the, as well. Here's the optim here's the optimism. Here, here it is. <laughs> So, um, if you want to do a little multi dragon spoon in a Brooksy optimistic about Vegas, it's paying five dollars. <laughs> Get on that one. Oh, nice. I like. Yeah. I want it. I, I want it. I want it to work. I'd love it mm. if if it worked and it ended up being a big, big, huge smash success. I don't. I don't want to sound like I'm I'm death riding or anything. It'd be amazing. I think you're being pretty fair. Yeah, it'd like... be amazing if we had games in Vegas every year. You know, that'd be that'd be incredible. Yeah, completely agree. I. I... I share Brooksy's optimism. I'm really looking forward to it. And How I about even Origin in LA? Oh, it'd be amazing. Wouldn't it's it? been done. <laughs> <laughs> Although I tell you, say, like you said, like a, a Hawaii team as team 31. Can yeah, you imagine yeah. the bloodbath that would take place of people fighting to be the media manager for the Hawaii oh. Rainbow Warriors or whatever? Yeah. What a job. I'm, oh, bro, I, I'm I, go on. I've been to Aloha Stadium for a Bruno Mars concert. And even that um, intensity on game day would be unsurpassed in the NRL. Like the they just love they the, just love the intensity game. of a Bruno Mars concert. Yeah, they, <laughs> and, and if it's their own, it's their own. Like Bruno is like you know this could be huge. The Rainbow mm. Warriors for twenty thirty four. Who knows? Get them in. Love get them, get them in. in. Get them in.
Are you listening? Are you listening, Volandis? Get him in. Yeah, that, that's 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 where the that's got to be where the next expansion is. Nick, we did briefly like we we were chatting about. Well, I think Brady was involved and some other people. We would we were seriously contemplating getting over to Toronto to watch Sunnyville play for the Wolfpack at one point. We were yeah, we were hunting for for airfares to mm. to do it. And then um, COVID and we were going we to be there for for Canada Day. Um, yeah. And that was January of 2020, and I am being handed a, <laughs> I am being handed a third note. <laughs> oh man, it's so funny. Think thinking about plans you made in early 2020, and just how they just, you know, just faded away into nothingness. Like that photo of Marty McFly's family in Back to the Future. It's great. Oh well. Would the Wolfpack would the Wolfpack be in the Super League right now if COVID didn't happen? That is that's, one of the greatest. Camp great, it's one of the great one. It's one of the great what ifs. Mm. One of the great what ifs. I wish they were, but oh well. What are you gonna do? By the way, I, we didn't. We're not gonna talk about this at all because it's not really that. Right. But that Franklin Pele send off was incredible. <laughs> it was so funny because he makes the, the first swinging arm. You're I like, oh, that's not too bad. Off. I knew he got sent off. Yeah, same, same, same. Tackle, and I was like, wow, that's a send off these days. That's like exactly what I thought. <laughs> I, man, I I weep for the future of our once proud sport. And then he got in with his swinging arm and punched like four people. And I was like, oh no, wait, no, yeah, no, I get it now. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, because I like was, that game looked like it was wild. They had like it's like the third highest Super League crowd ever. And someone's head got stomped on. It was someone's heads got someone two 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 hull two hull FC blokes got sent off. So Franklin Pele killed someone. Liggy South stomped on someone's head. Oh. Hull scored six tries but only kicked two goals. Mm. Look up, look up, Peter Hiku missed conversion. Oh, I was it's, so funny. It's dead set <laughs> oh. closer to the corner post. Like any person who listens to this game. show picked at random. Would have got closer to the sticks. It was, oh, it was so bad. Great shit. Did they did they sign the wrong cowboy? Maybe they wanted Kyle Felt, and when he went to line up that kick, they went, "Oh, we got the wrong cowboy." <laughs> <laughs> oh well, man, Kyle Kyle's looking tanned, isn't he? Like bloody hell, it must be that North Queensland stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. And in the game, like I know it's been there for a while. The red card, the showing of the red card. I, I, I wish we, we had that. I agree. You it's, get the point, and but the, I don't, oh. but I don't, I don't want the yellow card though, because I still love the ten, the ten yeah, fingers. Yeah, the ten, the ten yeah, fingers yeah, has yeah. to stay. I don't want yellow you, cards for Simbins, but I want red cards for Sendoffs. You just slot it in between the middle. And oh the, yeah, you hold it in two. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's entertainment, boys. This is where we're at. I That's think true. we need some cards. Mate, if Philanders is listening, we've given him, we've given him some gold here, some Pat, absolute Pat, gold, Pat, Jerry, Pat gold. Um. Oh, last thing, real quick. What have you thought of New Curb so far? Oh. I think uh, episode two uh, was fantastic. Was much better was than one. Back to a return the to form. Jockey. You know, oh you know when they're you know when they're pushing the friendship with um because Palestinian chicken is my is the great episode. It's such a great episode. I think it's the best episode of any comedy. I, I thought about it. Mm. Love Seinfeld. Love Arrested Development. Um, some great episodes in those two shows, but. The way they handled the Palestinian chicken um, episode, and and what we know now, and what's going on now, I think God, it just it, makes it's so it funny. Like it's just amazing, and uh, it's so funny because people might not have seen that episode, but it's like one of the most used gifts on the internet is the gif of him like umming and ahhing at the end. Like you see that gif all the time in like comment sections on things, but it's from that episode, which yeah, and, absolutely fantastic. And the late great Funkhauser walking in on oh um, with the Larry. yeah yeah. Oh, it's just gosh, one of the great scenes. The, watch the it, noises Nick. Hurry up and watch it. Just get around it, Nick. Come on, please. No, I'm, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure it's great. I'm sure mm. when I watch it, I'll love it. I just haven't watched it yet. 
Okay. No, but it, it'd be it's it's just because you love Seinfeld so much. That's why I find it so strange. Like I'm it would be sure, like sure it'd, it'd be it. like if you'd never seen Futurama. It'd be super weird. Anyway, it'd be like it'd be like if I've never seen The Wire. Don't 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 start. All right. <laughs> Before we get out of here, quick thank you to people in the top two tiers on our Patreon service. If you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash rookies. You'll get an extra show every week, access to our Discord server, entry into this year's Coltrane Cup, merch discounts, and plenty more. Uh, and as an added bonus, uh, new listeners for this show only, uh, Nathan Brooks will give you a one hour block on SCN to talk about whatever you like. Conspiracy Beautiful. theory. Uh, you know, whatever you whatever whatever floats your boat. Doesn't have to be sports related, anything at all. Maths, uh, yeah. curb. Yep. Um, Taylor Swift, her influence sure. on the NRL and Australian mm. pop culture. Yeah. You know, whatever you want. It's whatever you want. It's sports entertainment network. It's wide ranging. Just the E is doing a he- the, the E is doing a lot of heavy lifting for the for whoever oh. takes advantage of this offer. But uh, yeah, <laughs> and thank you to Chris Abnell, Dave, Go Work, Go Captain Australia, Michael. Do you believe the Earth is flat? I don't know. Hey, eh? yeah, I believe it is. Murray, Rocky, and Rafi Stew. And if you don't expect too much from me, you might not be let down. Ashley and Martin, beautiful big ball playing front rowers don't just fall out of the sky, you know. Broncos legend Adam Reynolds, Bruce the Palm, Butsy, Chewbacca Snuffleupagus, Dan Cullinane, Danny Levi's biggest hater, David, an anonymous backer, Ed Burton, Frank, uh, future Clive Churchill medalist Keon Colomatungi, hired goons. I can't yell because Zoom cuts my microphone out. I was saying boo earns. Jason Joe, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Braden, kicks out of the comp, Lachlan Hancock, Luke Charles Midmore, Mads Taylor's version, Matthew Duggan, Mr. Beefy, more Morgan Watkins. My name is Nick Campton, and rugby union is my favorite type of rugby. My ding ding dong is hard, and I'm sad. Never trendy. Nick Kotrick lives on my street, subliminally coaching him to run it straight. Paul Max 78, Reese Brown, Roxanne Clark, Seagulls legend Adam Woods. See you in Vegas. Shunter, the Black Vegetable, the Right Dishonorable Rodrigo Eduardo the Fourth. Thor, Tom Hardy was. We now have a shout out to loyalties, everyone's all listeners. Please send five Australian dollars to at them at Bungard on Twitter.com and Westlife Podcast. West Tigers are back, baby. Thank you so much for your support to everyone who just listens. Uh, uh, thank you as well. I just oh, we just literally uh, Alex Sergicomi as well. It re-added him to the patron list as I hit refresh just now. Wow, so, a live a live re-edition. A live a live re-edition. Uh, yeah, Alex has Alex has got one of those subscriptions where like it randomly cancels like half a day and then it pops up again. So thank Good you as well, search. Alex. Appreciate you, Serge. Um, all right, let's get the hell out of here, uh, Brooksy. Thank you once again for coming on. And much like our patrons, see you in Vegas. I'll see you in Vegas. Oh, can't wait, boys. Thanks very much for having me on again. And good luck this year with all your endeavours and looking forward to speaking about the Dragons, maybe being 16th in 2025. What a dream. (laughs) What a dream. Thanks for coming on, mate. This was great. Thanks, boys. Take it by Campo. Goodbye, Bertrand. And it's goodbye from me. (laughs) 